Giving your team a voice. Love Sport Radio. Good evening, it's Monday. This is the Gunnerstown Radio Show. Joining us in the studio today, we've got Dave Seeger and Chris Howard. Gents, how are we? Good. good, all good. How are we feeling? It's match day. Super confident. 43 <laughs> minutes till kickoff. Watford away. Oh, Big come game. Come on, Chris. I'm just screwing my face up. I'm always pessimistic. Yeah, these days. No, so I, 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 I think this is uh, potentially a season-defining match. I think okay. this, we've got to break this away, run of poor away form. This is a tough game. If we can if we can beat a confident Watford, then I think Wolves, who aren't so confident, Leicester, those games don't feel quite so intimidating yeah and they're on top of the world aren't they let's be honest yeah, I mean, the cup yeah. final and their form I think they've only like lost I know not Premier League but I think they've only lost like one out of the last four yeah and all this, so this so. they'll be on the beach because they're in the FA Cup final got nothing to play for they have they if they don't you know they, they can finish seventh it's their highest ever yeah. league position in the Premier League uh, albeit that they'll get into the, into the Europa League by being runners up presumably well I'm assuming Man City are going to win the league there, but you know, let's hope they so. may. They Can't may be in, the, you are in Europe anyway. But uh, mm. no. um, let's go through the team news then. Seven changes for Arsenal from the Everton game. Um, talk us through the team. How we think they're going to line up? Okay, so we were talking about this before. Potentially a back four, which we haven't seen in absolutely ages. Although <laughs> it's Sky and now guess. Sky are even guessing as well because they're saying it's a back three, three, four, three. Two one is uh, what the sky uh, going with. That is my no, gut there's feel. There's nowhere Wobie's playing right wing. Yeah, game. my gut feel is that it'll be a four. It'll be Mustafi at right back. Yeah, it'll be Koscielny, Mavropanos in the middle. Mavropanos getting a st- the first. Is that the first? St- certainly oh, first, first start, start in the league. This, this season. Um, that's wow. No, first start this season. What a time he to came be on doing off that. the bench. I think in one of the Europa League games. Yeah, though. what a time to actually be doing that. Chucking him in right there. The sky Sports are now asking Iwobi. Can you really play right wing back? <laughs> <laughs> no, like, what? No, if they're if Sky are right, then mm. fair enough. If they're wrong, which I think they may be, yeah. this will be the first time we haven't started with three at the back for probably five or six games, maybe more. Mm. Yeah, I mean the variation's been is normally been it's been sort of three three four one two when we're aggressive and three four two one when we're a bit conservative away from home, like we shouldn't have been against Everton, but we were. Yeah. Uh, so he's definitely gone back to only one striker. But it looks to me like a four-two-three-one with Ramsey at ten. I think. Yeah, I think what's interesting is um, what I wrote about this this morning. I've got a feeling that he'd want direct sort of runners at Watford either side of a centre forward, and that's why I, I did wonder if he would play Iwobi and or Mkhitaryan. Um, a bit more direct than someone like Ozil because Ozil's a player that pops up into space and mm. then looks to set other players through. So and I wasn't, the I'm not surprised set, by that. I'm surprised, by, the, I'm surprised by our back fo- by the back that back four because I wouldn't have expected Mavropanos. I mean, we have all wanted to see him for a while, but I wouldn't have expected it. Not thrown in in a game of this import. No, very Staffy at right back as well. Not won sure, the World Cup there. Won the World yeah. Cup there. Uh, and Monreal, I thought, got done. T- when, he, when we went to back four against Everton, he got done time and time again against Richarlison. Mm. Richarlison got in, in behind again. Yeah, but he's playing against Firmino tonight, whoever he is. Yeah. So. yeah, and to be fair, you look at the bench as well. It's a pretty strong bench as well. It's not like there's yeah. injuries. You know, you've got Elneny, Lacazette, Ozil, Maitland-Niles, Genduzzi, Klasnach, all on the bench. So, you know, if something's not quite working in there, he's got room to tweak and he can, he can mix things up a bit. Yeah, yeah. and obviously... It's difficult when you've got such a massive game on Thursday. They're both massive games. It's not mm. like one's, you know, slightly less important. They're both huge games. So I guess he had to try and juggle slightly. Mm. Three games in a week. It's a big ask for the side this week. Yeah. yeah. And a, a big ask for players like Koscielny. So what's going to happen with Koscielny? Because I wasn't sure whether or not he'd start tonight because I think Koscielny and Sogradis look really good mm. um, together. Um, 
in that was the Napoli game as well, wasn't it? And I wondered if he might even give, you know, he might move to a back four. But I wondered if he'd go Mustafi and you know Monreal even or something like that tonight, yeah. so that he gives Koscielny that rest. Because I don't, you know, Koscielny's played Thursday. He's now playing Monday. And I'm assuming he's going to get a shot on Thursday again. Three games in just under a week for a 33-year-old who essentially has no knees left. <laughs> well, I thought it was his ankles. Well, he's got no knees and no ankles. I just tweeted after the game when I was leaving the ground on Thursday that it was just two words, Laurent Koscielny. I mean, I don't think any of us thought he was going to get back to the levels he's got to. It's just been sensational. And I actually said, I, ignoring Europe for a while, for a second, I, I, I thought he should play all the away games and we shouldn't play him at home. Yeah. You know, because we're going to win mm. at home. Yeah. <laughs> We've got Palace and someone else easy, Burnley, I can't even remember. Yeah. Uh, well, no, we've Brighton. Brighton. So, you know, we will win our home games without Laurent Koscielny. We need him because he's been so good and he's leading by example again. Yeah. yeah. He's been a proper skipper the last few weeks. Yeah. We'll talk about the Napoli game in a bit more detail later on in the show, but obviously going into that game away, the away form's not been great. The performance at Everton wasn't great. How important is not necessarily a result tonight, but a good performance for confidence to go into Thursday? Massive, yeah, massive. Right. Because also, if we lose tonight, then it just becomes another thing. Arsenal don't win away from home. It's a, it's a thing. We've been talking about it for a while. We talked about it all last season. But it felt it felt, it felt like during the twenty two game unbeaten run that we had earlier in the season, we're sort of getting away from this idea that psychologically away from home we have an issue. But you look at our form since um, we played your horrible lot uh, and ruined it all at St Mary's for us. But um, <laughs> in December, but since then. We've been poor, abject, abject. really poor. Away but from he has been—he has been overly cautious away from home as well, I think. And uh, that doesn't look like an overly cautious lineup tonight. No, and I mean, what, I'd, what I'd probably also say is that it feels like maybe he's not always had the players available. You know, if you look at the Everton game, we had Jacker out. You know, Ramsey, he said, wasn't 100% fully fit. And Torreira, because he was still start. suspended, there, wasn't he? Exactly. So part of me is a bit like maybe. That's the case. I feel like when we lost to West Ham as well, there was might be maybe one or two players that weren't 100%, and that was in the middle of when he was having his tantrums with Ozil, so he wasn't starting him either. So, you know, he's he's either had his hand forced by politics or by injuries, and it feels like now all of a sudden it's like the business end. We need to we need to crack on. Hmm. Yeah, but we had to win this game tonight. This is we can't even draw this game. I think I think this is an absolutely must-win game. Hmm. Um, let's take a look at the Watford lineups. Of course, so that's who you take on tonight. Ben Foster in goal. They're going to go for four at the back: Yamat, Cabaselli, Cathcart, Messina across the middle. Uh, Firmino, Capoue, Decore. Then they've got Hughes and then Dini and Gray up front. Um, Delafeu and Pereira. How much of a bonus is that for you not having them in the squad? Obviously, a couple of injuries in there. So that's, I mean, Delafay is on fire, isn't he? So yeah, that that is quite pleasing. A prayer is, I would say, their best player. He so. looked really good last year when when we played them at Vicarage Road as well, actually. So, and also, but given that he's not, he's certainly got not got a first choice either right back or right wing back, depending on, you know, he's got Maitland-Niles on the bench and he's playing somebody else on the right, either Awobi or Mustafi, depending on who you believe. Yeah. So to not have Pereira playing on the left is a, definitely a bonus. Yeah, you two are actually making me a bit more excited now. I was just going into this thinking. Another away game, another loss. Here we go. But no, I'm actually on. almost nearly po- getting excited, energy. lads. Come on, it's, it's your team. Well, we, 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 owe, we, we owe Troy Deeney one, don't we? Yeah, or about so this, seven. This is the fixture in last season when we uh, were 1-0 up. Should have been 2-0 up. And then the Cajones comment. So, uh, yeah. 
Although cleverly, is he still? He was scored the win last year. Cleverly, is he even still at? He is. He just doesn't get I a game so. anymore. He's still around. Yeah, it's, uh, doesn't get many games. He's a squad player. So, from your perspective, as yes. somebody like that's a neutral watching this, yeah. what do you? What's your assessment of the teams? Do you know? I think it's going to be an interesting game. Like Watford have got the momentum at the moment. FA Cup final, and then you know I was mentioning it to the guys on 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 drive time. You know, for them, you know the the whole bit in the head for Watford is yes, they're on great form, but they are in an FA Cup final. So they're not necessarily on the beach, but are there going to be one or two players that are going to look at a 50-50 challenge and go, don't, oh, I think don't they, fancy that. I so think, they're not necessarily going to be on the beach, but there's going to be that player in the back of your mind. I think at the end of April, early May, you might be like that, but surely not. Crikey, they're professionals. I hope they're not going to be like Well, I hope they are going to be like that, but, <laughs> <laughs> but they yeah. shouldn't be. No, but I think look, Arsenal have got to go into this and give this one a good go. So I think, like I said, he's shaking the bag a little bit. And yeah. we'll, we'll see no, but what... it is surprising, though, because Shaka hasn't played through injury for, what, two weeks? Missed three games mm. after the, he went off injury for, injury for Switzerland. And Mavropanos hasn't started a game all season. So there's definitely a degree of a gamble yeah. uh, whatever the formation is. Mm. Certainly mm. is right. Still plenty to talk about here on Love Sport. If you want to get involved, you can do that on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Love Sport Radio or of course via the website lovesportradio.com. Love Sport. Love Sport Radio is the Gunnerstown radio show building up, of course, to tonight's Premier League action. Arsenal away at Watford this evening. Now, if you're thinking, oh, no, I want to keep listening to the show while the game's on, just do what I did yesterday. I was watching the Premier League on the TV, one screen with no sound. Computer lined up the other side with the Masters Golf. Nice and simple. So have us as your audio and your description of what's going on and, and talking all things Arsenal, and you can watch it as well. So it's a win-win situation this evening. You've not got to panic and go, oh, no, I'm going to have to stop listening to the show, and we're going to give you updates, we're going to keep you informed, and we have some great chat. So uh, don't panic. Do not fear. Uh, Dave and Chris in the studio with us tonight. Gents, you're feeling confident, which is always good. Um, let's reflect on Napoli, because obviously two goals, goals in the first half, Confident performance. Everyone was quite pleased, quite happy, and good to take a two goal lead and, away. And I think probably no one saw it coming. No, I mean, it was definitely it, not. Well, it was sudden because they the were clean so, sheet. It was so co- yeah, but they were coming. so consummate, consummately professional against Newcastle. So you didn't see the Everton res- formation and, and and performance woeful, limp after being so good against Newcastle again, home and away. So you're going to get worried about against Napoli, and then who obviously are infinitely better side than Newcastle or Everton, mm. and we made them look ordinary certainly in the first half. Yeah, started so quickly. Yeah, I, I was impressed by the prof- yeah professionalism of the actual performance as well because the first half we were it was a weird one because I felt nervous but not too nervous, and before the game I felt confident that we could win, but I didn't feel confident that we wouldn't concede. I thought this feels like a classic 2-1 and then you know we're you know cacking ourselves going into the away game. Um, yeah. But you know the, the first goal goes in and it's a very good goal. Mm. That Ramsey finish and Maitland-Niles with his little turn and the assist. I mean there's it was a very dare I say it it was a very um <coughs> Vengeball-esque type finish and and build up to it. So that was great and then they were on it. Arsenal were just on it. And I don't recall Napoli get really testing Czech that much. No, he tested game. himself by with his awful distribution again. Yeah. Sort of forget how... You get so used to Leno so quickly and how good he is yeah. with his ball to feet. But Czech... I mean, he, nothing wrong with his keeping, but... He's looking every bit his age at the moment, yeah, isn't yeah. he? So, well, I, if we get to the semi-final, I hope he makes a decision it, to change it personally. It, do you? Yeah. Mm. That's hard, I know that's I know, harsh. Yeah. It's not very sentimental of me, but... No. He's yeah. a better keeper and he's in better form at the moment. Leno. But it's interesting what you're saying about the the, the involvement of uh, Maitland-Niles in, in a lot of the good work we did in the first half. And that's indicative, perhaps, of the fact he's resting him tonight and risking not playing him because he wants him to be fit for Thursday. Who, who thought we would have been saying that about Maitland-Niles three months ago? No, certainly. I mean, his performance against Everton wasn't 
very good. But, the whole team, um, you could say that. Yeah. And Napoli was it was chalk and cheese, wasn't it? The two performances. What what amazed me about that Napoli performance was the second half. The second half, people have said to me, "Oh yeah, you know, we were under the cosh a bit," but I didn't feel like that at all. I felt like it was an Arsenal team that were almost keeping Napoli at arm's length and saying, "Do you know what?" We're just going to shut up shop here. We're not going to give away too many chances. You know, they had one or two, but that's because they, they're a good team and they were going to press us. They were always going to press us. But we we approached that second half perfectly, I thought, because we didn't overcommit. You remember the Monaco game, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain Arsenal <laughs> going for that, that yeah. extra, extra, extra goal or to get, to get back into the game. We didn't overcommit. We were 2-0 up. We were happy to say, you're going to get a few chances, but we're going to be tight, and then we'll hit you on the counter. And we did hit them on the counter. And actually, we, we, we had yeah. more, we had better chances than Napoli did, I thought. I think uh, also with Arsenal is you, 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 you normally, despite the, the away record not being fantastic, the away scoring record is pretty good. So you, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd fancy us to get a goal out there, and I can't see them getting three. No. no, I was going to ask you that. Would you be happy to kind of set up and play for a, for a nil-nil? It's always one of those games, isn't it? When you've when you've got a lead and you're kind of at the minute, fingers crossed, there'll be a win tonight away. But when you've got that kind of hanging over you as well, tactically, I guess it's a tough one for the manager because you kind of you don't want to go and go too much all out to try and get that goal. And obviously, the away goal would be good to get that. But at the same point, you don't want to put yourself in a precarious position. They get one goal, they're kind of back in it. It is physically impossible for this Arsenal team to go for a nil-nil. <laughs> they do not have it in them. Uh, can you imagine Unai Emery setting up his team like a George Graham-esque team and being like, lads, keep it tight. <laughs> and, and Mustafi and Socrates and uh, Koscielny are looking at each other going, what on earth is he talking about? Well, I don't know. I think, I think the opposite. I think they'll go to get the early goal mm. and, and kill the tie. Yeah. Well, that's a bit, like t- a, a bit like tonight's game. I mean, you think about Watford riding high off of the FA Cup semi-final. They are going to be absolutely buzzing. That place is going to be rocking for the first 5, mm. 10, 15 minutes. And if Watford score, it will get worse. Mm. If we score, so it, hopefully, a yeah. bit more silence. Mm. And that's what you want in the Napoli game. You want They'll be rocking. They'll be making lots and lots of noise. Just quieten, just yeah. quieten them completely in the yeah. first 15 by going for oh, I think if we score first tonight, we'll definitely go on and win. Mm. I think that every time Arsenal score first, to be fair. Mm. Um, Aaron Ramsey <laughs> had a good game. Against Napoli, you know he's, he's playing yeah, well at the minute. You know how disappointing for that is for you as Arsenal fans. The fact that you're just letting him go at the end of the season wouldn't sign a new deal. So sort of come to terms the, with it. The deal was on the table, wasn't it? Let's yeah, be honest. I mean, he, we all now sort of half know that mm. the deal had been on the table for a long time. Yeah, but and Arsenal he wasn't have got the resources. It, so. If they really wanted him, Arsenal have got the resources, haven't they? They've got enough in the locker that they could have gone. Okay, what do you want then? No, I think he, he was happy. And yeah. the, my, my understanding is. It's an inexperienced agent who took the contract yeah. to the other Premier League clubs saying, well, this is what Arsenal are going to play. Right. Do you want to match it or, or beat it? And not whether he had Ramsey's permission to do that or not, I don't no, know. Sure. But obviously Arsenal got wind of that and thought, hold on a second. Mm. Yeah, he's not even in the team at the moment. He wasn't at the time. And you know, who do you think you are sort of thing? So unfortunately, I think that's where we were at the time. But I mean, I'm, I've more come to ter- I've come to terms with it. He's playing very, very well, and he's very loyal, and he will play well to the end of the season. Emery's come out and spoken about him this week, saying he's going to be an important part of what we do, and he wants him to finish his career at Arsenal on a high, which is fantastic. Yeah. What's more depressing than the player going is the economic situation, isn't it? That yeah. To have to spend potentially thirty, forty million to get a player when you're losing someone for free—that's the crazy bit. Yeah, mm. and yeah, and you, you get into those types of discussions, and you think, well. 
is it worth paying the extra 50 grand, 60 grand in the first place? And, you know, we can go around the houses around this mm. quite a lot, really, couldn't we? But Yeah, and I guess that if you're with the, with the whole kind of thing of the whole inexperienced agent thing and that, you know, I guess it's a precedent you set, isn't it? If all of a sudden you then pander to that, it kind of could set a dangerous benchmark. Well, I think the thing is also we've, you know, it's, it was the old regime that, that, that should have pushed for the contract earlier than they did. I mean, we've said now if a player doesn't sign a contract two years out, then we'll sell him. Mm. That's the new policy. Yeah, mm. and a lot of clubs, you know, too, now so he was offered a contract. Deals, yeah. yeah, he was signed. A, he was offered a contract the summer before, and he didn't sign it. That's probably when the club should have played hardball. They left it too late. I guess mm. the change of manager didn't help the situation. Mm. And I, mean, I think the whole we've got again. We've talk, talked about this during the season, but the ownership situation—not the ownership, the uh, the senior management under Gazidis and Wenger—it was just a shambles, really. And it yeah. seems like they've actually got at least they've got some consistency and they've got an approach, and they're actually being public about that, so people know. Right, this is how Arsenal are going to behave. This is how Arsenal are going to. Re- These are the tactics they're going to adopt. We're not. They're not going to leave it two years. So yeah. players are either going to be moved on or yeah. they're going to sign deals. At least if if Ramsey plays an integral part in getting us into the Champions League, presumably our revenues going to go up by 30, 40 million anyway. So I guess mm. it swings and roundabouts. At the end of the day, it's all monopoly money to us, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. No, for sure. Right, still to plenty to talk about on the show. We're going to be having a chat with Mike McDonald very shortly as we look back again on that Napoli win as well. This is Love Sport. You listen to the Gunnerstown Radio Show uh, match day, of course, for Arsenal today, taking on Watford away. We've been building up to the game. We've looked through the teams, but uh, now let's bring into the conversation Mike McDonald with us. Uh, Mike, good to have you with us. Mike is our kind of match reviewer and our pro coach as well on the show. How's things, Mike? Going well, sir. Absolutely, yeah. Good, good, great. There's to have a big, you on. there's a big introduction for you, Mike. <laughs> our pro coach. I appreciate it. Hey, it, that's what it says on the notes. Oh, it does. It's it my does. notes. It's yeah. my notes. It's Dave here, Mike. Now we were just um, we were just talking, sort of by way of leading into you, really, about the impact that Ramsey's had of late, and obviously you wrote about that after the Napoli game. How important you you referred to him as being a fire starter. So I wanted to get you on the show yeah. again to talk about you know Torreira and Ramsey that that sort of combination. We don't we, we're going to see them both tonight, but we don't know how we're going to see them in the formation. I don't know what you're thinking, but the, both the television here and and the sort of what's on Twitter, everyone seems to not be quite sure. But we're, we're, we're definitely going to see them both which is what you wanted yeah yeah well you know we want uh emery to get take this game seriously and i guess he's made a statement by uh, starting those guys who played so well the other night uh i think everybody likes that but at the same time they're probably a little apprehensive that they can do uh three great perform- performances uh in uh well i don't know how many days it would be but there are uh, i'd imagine they're gonna play in naples as well i don't know why you wouldn't so um, I hope it works out. It looks like it's some kind of four three and four three three or four three two one. Yeah, we um, were saying that Sky Television over here, Mike, have, have put Awobi as the right wing back role on their formation on television. So it'll be interesting to see. They must have an intern doing it. <laughs> yeah, they, so they've not. got Awobi play, They've got Awobi <laughs> playing where Maitland Lars has been playing in the same formation. The only difference being obviously being the two behind the striker. I agree with you. I think it's going to be four two three one with Ramsey pushing ahead. You know, like he was at the start of the season in a pressing ten role. Yeah, yeah, quite possibly. But you just never know with Unai Emery, which is sort of joyful in a way. Um, you know, because I suppose the other team don't know either, right? No, true. Very much so. Mike, it's Chris here. Um, what, who do you think our best right now? Who do you think our best midfield two combination is? Wow, gosh, um, it's hard, hard to. Thought argue I'd get you that one against. Yeah, well, I mean the Ramsey Torreira thing 
just looked to me like everything you'd ever want. Uh, because those two players individually uh, ha- bring everything to the table. You know, they 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 run, they uh, anticipate, uh, they press uh, early, they can play on the ball, they can pass. There's goals in both of them. I uh, didn't think Torreira had that in him when he arrived at Arsenal, but he's come up with some big goals. Um, and so I, I think it's probably those two, and I sort of hate to say that because Ramsey's uh, one foot out of the door, but... Uh, I just love, I, I loved what I saw against Naples because I'm a firm believer in starting uh, strong, particularly when you've got 55 of the 60,000 people in your stadium wanting to cheer you on in a sort of very uh, reactive society where people seem to wait for you to do something, for, <laughs> for you to get behind them. And, I, and I, that's what I saw against Napoli is that those two in particular ignited the crowd with their anticipation and energy uh, and a few crunching tackles <laughs> a few What's crunching that? tackles from Torreira as well too. well absolutely but I mean that's the, that fire starter I was talking about is that you want a spark and Arsenal don't have wingers or a Burkamp well maybe they do those or but they don't have those guys that you'd necessarily say I'm going today because so and so is playing yeah get uh, you on the edge the of your seat yeah. when the collective plays that well and you've got guys who uh, uh, can can give you that spark um, I think that that uh, is that extra goal, that 12th man that the crowd will give you if you're willing to energize them. And so that's what I would go. It's, with. Odd, it's odd, though, you know? you know, Mike, speaking, you know, with Chris, I've been saying so the same, you know, obviously being, you know, most home games we're there. And Ramsey hasn't always got a lot of the time. Ramsey's got the crowd riled for the wrong reasons as well as for the right reasons. And that's why he divides opinion. That the, the reason yeah. why he's got the crowd riled in the past is the flicks and the you know the Hollywood balls that were never on and and sort of the trying the impossible pass and then being too far up the pitch looking for perhaps personal glory inverted commas. What's yeah. different about Ramsey right now and it's too late is he suddenly showing yeah. the absolute discipline in the central midfield role that perhaps those who were critical of him myself included didn't see week in week out in the past and that's what's new about Ramsey right now. It's very frustrating because uh, he's clearly um, needed a coach. Doesn't have to be Unai Emery, but somebody uh, who had tactical discipline and not creative freedom that, that Wenger brought for so many years. That I feel like, to be honest with you, Ramsey has wasted a big chunk of his career playing for Arsenal Wenger. As much as he would have loved that creative freedom and the opportunity to float around as a double centre forward or whatever he was doing, he was not ever really effective consistently for Arsenal over his entire span. He had these glory moments and moments of potential, but I'm not seeing any form of tactical discipline to where he could ever have a, a run of, of games uh, to where a, a tactical coach would, or, yeah, I mean, anybody would think anything other than he's just a moments player. So, very frustrating that he's doing it now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, Mike, obviously, look, he's going at the end of the season. Um, right now, who would you sign to replace him? OK, I would look at uh, a couple of players. Uh, I think there's uh, Loftus-Cheek is one that I've had my eye on for a while. Uh, diff- slightly different type of player. Doesn't necessarily play as a midfield too, but I'm a fan of a three and I'm wondering if Emery's going to go to that. Mm-hmm. Um the Ndombele at Leon or Decore we're going to see today at Watford that's the sort of the trend there isn't really a, 
Ramsey's sort of a, a Lampard-type player, isn't he? And there's, those players don't really exist anymore. A guy who's going to get you consistently 10 to 20 goals every season if he, he lives up to his potential. And I think that the Ndombele and Decore sort of leggy, uh, line-breaking midfielders are the trend. I will tell you this. I think that there is one player who I think could take his place directly, and he's at Arsenal. If he's given a chance, which is Joe Willock, because I don't see anybody else, in, at least in the Premier League, who has that same uh, type of uh, threat as the third-man runner. And Joe Willock does, but I'm not sure if he's going to get a chance to prove it, you know? Do you think that Joe... Yeah, well, that's the question, isn't it? I was just going to say, is he is he actually going to get the chance? Because if you look at someone like Emery, you know, he's got a two-year contract. He needs to be making uh, headway and, and having success quickly. And I just wonder if, from a risk management point of view, he's going to think there's certain players that I'm going to... Young players at Arsenal that I'd invest my time in um, a little bit more. Maybe someone like Emil Smith-Rowe, maybe someone like a Reese Nelson and perhaps Joe Willock to a lesser extent, probably won't get that same yeah. look in. Well, you know, there's and there's Emil Smith-Rowe as well. Those two players, you know, I think the only way that he'll get the opportunity, a proper opportunity at Arsenal, is if Emery plays a three. Because I do understand that, uh, well, having said that, I was going to say playing a, a young guy in central midfield in the two is a risk, but I suppose Emery's proved he's willing to do that with Guendouzi. But uh, you can imagine if you had a, Xhaka, Torreira and Willock thing, then maybe there's less pressure on a guy like Willock or Smith-Rowe um, and they can play their natural game. Um, but uh, I, I guess I do, we'll just I have do. to wait and on see. That, on that type of player, though, one player we are linked to, and I'm fairly certain we are going to buy this summer, is exactly that type of player in Joe Rebo from Charlton. And I mean, yeah. you know, and he's, oh God, how can you you know, they're in this third tier. But, you know, so was, so was Gomez before he went to Liverpool. And Joe Rebo. I, I've heard a lot. I mean, we've we've got a co-host on the show who's not here tonight, Charlie, who's is a little bit involved at Charlton, and he thinks he could step up. Um, and he's he's exactly that type of Vieira, Diaby, long, rangy stride. You know, break breaks the lines. Much more physical, I think. Than, I mean, I've stood next to Joe Willock in the, you know, <laughs> uh, outside block thirty-one. He is minuscule. Trust me. Mm. I just don't think he's yeah. ready for the uh, for the. Uh, for the Premier League right now. Uh, Mike, I've just got one final question for you. Something we touched on a little bit earlier yeah. on the show um, about the goalkeeping situation in the Europa League. Um, Czech, obviously, I've read in your article, you know, you, you said he's come close to matching Leno's performance with little match practice. Um, Dave was kind of like hoping that, you know, Leno would get the call up again and Czech would get dropped for the latter stages of the competition. Um, what's your view on that? Would you keep Czech in? I, I wouldn't. But then, you know, at the same time, you've got to respect whatever conversations happened at the beginning of the season, uh, which is obviously what happens. It's not the first time, is it? Wenger used to do it too and other coaches too. So I'd imagine that conversation's happened that he's been told that he's the Europa goalkeeper. And so Emery, whether he wants to change it or not, uh, has to decide if he's going to go against his word. Uh, I would hope that there was a little proviso in there with Peter Cech and say, as long as performance is right, yeah. then you are going to stay because that's what I would do as a coach is put that little asterisk in there for him. And yeah. it's hard at this point to tell P Peter Cech it's not working. But I would go with Leno. Uh, it depends on what that conversation's been, I suppose. Mm, certainly, Mike. Thank you very much. Great to have you on the show. It'd be remiss of me not to get a score prediction for you for tonight's game before we let you go. OK, yeah, I think we'll win 2-1 late. Love that, Mike. Thank, thank you, you very Mike. much. Thanks, uh, mate. 
our match reviewer there and pro coach Mike McDonald. Great to have you on the show. Right, still plenty to talk about as we build up to kick off tonight. Arsenal away at Watford. We brought you the team news. We're going to reflect on that a little bit more in just a few moments' time. For the fans, by the fans, Love Sport Radio. It's Monday night, Love Sport Radio, the Gunnerstown Radio Show, building up to kick off, of course, Arsenal away on this Monday evening against Watford. Uh, we brought you the team news a little bit earlier. I'm going to continue to reflect on that. Um, seven of the last eight games on a Monday, Arsenal have done all right. I think they've won seven of their last eight on a Monday night. Yeah. Trying to clutch some like positives you. here. Okay, this exactly, is this is Bringing good. good news. Uh, and Watford have also lost four of their previous five home games against Arsenal. No, we're going to lose 5-1 tonight, aren't we? I oh, don't. So, come on. <laughs> come on. Seriously. Chris, I want positive. <laughs> Chris trying, is being a bit man. of a naysayer I'm trying, tonight, man. What's going wrong with him, Dave? He's always like that. Yeah, Unbelievable. Sadly. Unbelievable. Defence mechanism. <laughs> um, how disappointed are you to see, not, to see Lacazette in the starting lineup tonight? I know. I think if he's going to play one up top, and that tells you that Lacazette is first choice and he'll play against Napoli, which I think mm. is marginally the bigger game. I, I, that would be my take. I don't know what Chris thinks. It's, it's an interesting one because, for me, Aubameyang is an off-the-shoulder player. If you've got teams that are going to press a little bit higher, I think Gracia does like to play um, with a bit more of a press. Mm. So perhaps that's Emery's thinking is um, get, you know, get, get Aubameyang in behind. Lacazette is a he'll close down and he'll, close, he'll run down all day. So if if Watford do sit though, Aubameyang is going to do absolutely nothing. So if yeah, they sit and look to hit us on the counter, but they don't really play with whip that much, do they? They play with wingers, Watford, but they're more inverted. Well, they play with a left. They play with a left hand winger with Pereira, who's not playing, and then um, Will Hughes plays, as you say, very. He's not really a winger. He plays. They do say play three central midfield players and Pereira normally. Yeah. And Pereira's not playing. So I don't know what type of player Firmino is. I have to be completely honest. No, it looks like he's going to play down the middle as well tonight, rather than out wide. So. Could be interesting to see how that, that one plans out. Mm. Yeah, but you're right. Yeah, not a lot of width, definitely. Yeah, so does that then play into... Does that then just congest a uh, a part of the park where, you know, we need that kind of... Those kind of creative players to be finding Aubameyang? I don't know. Well, it really depends where Awobi's playing. Until we actually see where Awobi's playing, it's hard. If it's Awobi and... and um, Mkhitaryan either side of Ramsey then I think there's enough creativity there and Ramsey would pretty much be playing as a second striker when we're in attack Yeah, and it'll be up to Iwobi and Mkhitaryan and then the width but if we are playing uh, with Iwobi as a wing back that worries me yeah <laughs> I mean there are uh, yeah I mean Mesut Ozil's record for uh, away day performances starts is uh, not exactly improving there is it as long as Ozil's got his little hot water bottle he'll be alright <laughs> hot water bottle on touchline will be a cold night tonight um just looking at obviously at that that lineup, we've mentioned Mavropanos is coming into that starting lineup. You know what are you expecting from him tonight? Well, we've spoken about him a lot on the show because you know we were all impressed. I know he had that rash moment where he got sent off, but the game against Man United at the end of last season, thrown in the deep end, consummately professional performance for a young lad. First game, you know, against in that atmosphere against you know one of the top teams, he looked superb, he looked very confident, very assured. We've had a couple of Greek guests on the show who rated him and followed him, you know, through his youth career. So yeah, I think we've all got high hopes for him, but we've just been wondering why the hell Emery's not, not been him. playing him since he's been fit. He had this mm. mysterious injury, which is not unusual at Arsenal. Um, you know, two weeks becomes two years, but uh, you know, he's certainly out for, for well since the summer right through till just before Christmas, I think. Yeah, and then he hasn't really been selected. Yeah, he's. he's, he's uh, I think this is his time of year. This is the time of year he likes, though, isn't it? Because he started playing about this time last year. So my hope is that we can start. We can see from him tonight a performance which says to us, 
good we have options you know we've got holding for next season when he comes yeah. back that's a know, factor i think as well because probably no one saw how good holding was going to be this season so mm. Ma- people might have been expecting mavropanos to be the one to step up when he got fit but then holding had already done it yeah i love that players that step up for the last bit of the season yeah it's kind of like where have you been all season yeah. did you not realize when we the weather started in warm. august like yeah, yeah. cockle <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it baffles me. Like, there's a few players at the minute that all of a sudden have come out the woodwork and playing quite well. I'm like, you do realise the season like started quite a long time ago, and yeah. like they did this last year as well. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's because they know the holidays are coming up. So it's like, oh well, you know, one final push before the holidays. Yeah, no goes, World but... Cup this summer either. Can put their feet up and have a nice relaxing one. Exactly. What's interesting though is that. Um, and this is where I guess we're talking as Arsenal fans we're talking about the potential benefits of the fact that Ozil hasn't played as much and Ramsey hasn't played as much and actually Sogradis hasn't played as much as well mm. is that yeah, they're I love not his pronunciation as, there I got that from I uh, got that from <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um, I think that there's probably something in that that we've got players where you know Wenger historically would run players into the ground and then we'd be dead by this oh, time Bellerin last year particularly uh, exactly whereas now Emery's kind of managed it a bit better and we have players like Ram- Ramsey's looking really fresh yeah, we and spoke this is a about time this in the season where he's when normally you were, when you were off on your long jaunt around the, the <laughs> Far East that that actually we're now starting to appreciate Emery's rotation because as Chris yeah. said Wenger rotated because of injury uh, or you know he certainly didn't drop favoured players through lack of form uh, so if someone got injured he might stumble upon a fantastic formation like he did with Coquelin and Santi Gazzola but Emery has kept us guessing all season with rotation and sometimes we've been frustrated but now it looks like as Chris said we've got some very very fresh a very fresh squad on for the running mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's an exciting time as well you think you know there's still chance of the top four Europa League as well you know it'd be impressive to come away with a trophy right that first season under oh, Emery huge yeah and the only downside is you just know we're gonna if we get there we'll end up playing Chelsea so you just know that <laughs> Which will be uh, delightful, wouldn't it? But uh, and, and we get to go to Baku, so that'd be a nice long trip. But hey, do you know what? I would take that all day long. If someone said to me, "You got to spend a fortune, you got to take planes, trains, and automobiles to get there," I'd bite your hand off for it. Love that. Uh, let's take you through the lineup. If you've just joined us, of course, kickoff come up a little bit later on. Uh, Leno in goal, Mustafi Kashelny, Mavropanos, and Monreal across the back. If you're going for the four, it could be a three, of course, as well. Uh, Tiara Xhaka just in front. The Mikatarian, Ramsey, Iwobi, and Abamyang up front. What do you think is most likely three or the four? Four. Yeah, I think it looks think like it's a, four, a four, but but you think Sky would know? They're they're covering the game. You think mm. they? been told but the thing is it's so tough to get to formations these days like you kind of you get when you get a team sheet on a match day you're like are oh, they gonna play like this and then you see them walk out onto the pitch and you're like no they're not playing that <laughs> do they actually give that though do they give them it mapped out to no. places like sky or do they is it just names it's just names so when you when you, if you do like a europa league game you the um, your uh, uefa will put the players into positions but six times out of ten they'll be wrong and they'll just be like they don't, they're don't. midfielder why are they in defence yeah. um, but yeah no on a Premier League match day you just get distributed a team sheet with just the list of numbers so that, traditionally you know where teams have played and you can see how many changes there were from the last Premier League game so you can kind of see kind of who's going to who's gonna drop in where but obviously seven changes from the Arsenal game makes it a little bit more yeah, I can't looking at that team again I can't see that being a three there's no way that, that without yeah. a le- recognised left wing back or right wing back that's that can't be a three mm. can it? 
Maybe, maybe. I, I just, I find it, like you said, I think find it weird. You would have thought that they'd have somebody watching it all the time. But then again, maybe they have, like I said, maybe they've got an intern that's just uh, filling in the uh, the infographics on the uh, Sky Sports. Uh, <laughs> no, Sky to be Sports fair, there is always section. a conflab in the tunnel between the between the commentators of who's going to play where. Yeah, so yeah. there would have been a discussion and it would have been agreed. Yeah. But that's that's roughly what they're going to do. I, t- I tell you what, though, um, it does, um, it does show to the fact that Emery is confused everybody this season no Arsenal fan can predict the team mm. and so if Arsenal fans who watch Arsenal all the time can't predict the team it doesn't make it easier for uh, for commentators presenters people well, that are filling in these graphics well if Sky are right it's a massive gamble mm. to play a Wobi as a, as a, as a right wing back and Mavropanos his first game of the season in a game that I think we I just think we have to win tonight Mm-hmm. Mm. And we've already got a two-goal advantage on Thursday, so yeah. it's a huge gamble if that is the case. Mm. Crikey! I love my stats. Go on. Unai Emery has never lost to a side managed by Javi Gracia. How many times he played against a side? Six. Six. <laughs> Six. Yeah, the answer ready for you. Oh, I knew there. that was coming. Just tee it up. Always having a little fact to come in. Six times, so he kind of knows how to play him. So maybe if it is going to go three at the back, he, he's found a weakness in there somewhere. That's interesting, and you know we said all season we've heard about Unai Emery before he even um, played his or managed his first game for Arsenal when we'd signed him that he is very very uh, fastidious in his approach to games he will know this type of manager and I mean I don't know I don't watch lots of um, uh, Watford but I did a bit of googling earlier on today about some of his previous teams and he does play for normally it's a 4-2-2-2 um, who Gracia? Yeah, Gracia. He's that. He's done that historically, and very, played very, very narrow. So the fact that he's got wingers that potentially are uh, playing narrow, if he plays Delafeo and Pereira, which he's not doing today, it suggests to you that perhaps he's got that similar style. He's got a style that works, mm. and Emery just knows how to counter it. We hope. Mm. Touch wood. Um, I want a number off you both now. Um, we're going to take a quick 17. break. Just a, uh, wow, that's a big number <laughs> when you know what my question is coming. Um, we'll take a break in just a second, but after that, we're going to talk transfers and a potential player that could come in. Um, how many players do you think need to come in the door at Arsenal this summer? 17. <laughs> I'm being held to that now. <laughs> you you jumped in. I have to take your first answer. I think there'll be, um, I think, four or five. Okay. Two or three First team players and, and two or three youngsters, depending on. So I think I've got. I'm gonna let you have another go. Chris. I've got. I've got You've five. Got five. Centre half, uh, right back, left back, um, keeper potentially, unless they um, unless they put their faith in Martinez because he's got a backup keeper potentially. Uh, and I think there's going to be an attacking player, maybe a wide player. So, yeah. Okay. We'll take a quick break. Then there's one player we're going to talk about in particular. Be listening to Love Sport Radio on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Give us a follow at Love Sport Radio, or why not check us out on our website, lovesportradio.com. Love Sport. You're listening to Love Sport Radio. It is Monday, uh, 15 minutes to kick off at Vicarage Road. Arsenal on the road tonight, taking on Watford. And before the break, I asked the guys in the studio, we've got Dave and Chris with us tonight. Um, I wanted a number off them. Who's going to be coming in? Who's going to be going out over the summer? Um, One name that's been kind of thrown into the ring quite a lot recently is Ryan Fraser. Obviously at Bournemouth, he's had a great season, lots of assists, um, playing some good football, gives you a lot of options, gets goals as well. Um, What would your thoughts be about bringing a player like Ryan Fraser into the fold? Well, seeing as he doesn't reach the quota that I obviously know very much about, um, I definitely wouldn't have him. (laughs) Um, I think he's a decent player, squad player. Um, Would Bournemouth want a lot of money for him, or is he? Is he? What's his contract? He's got one year left, and he won't sign. Well, in that case, it's probably worth. I mean, he could could 
certainly take up but, but one I, of those wide just, forward I, I'm positions. I'm asking, why, why would the player with the second most assists in the Premier League mm. in a struggling side feel that he has to, would be a, only a squad player at Arsenal? Uh, why do Arsenal fans... I mean, th- I'm not just asking this about Ryan Fraser, by the way. Yeah. I think in general, the Arsenal fans seem to be a little bit snobby about buying players from lower sides. And yet... You can only got to look at Van Dijk. You know, look Hasn't at stopped Liverpool. <laughs> look, look at Wijnaldum was going down. Gomez would be the England centre-back of choice. Chilwell, two years ago, no one had heard of. England's left-back. These are all players playing for lower Premier League clubs. And, and, and yet Arsenal fans, oh no, we don't want to be doing that. I, I just think there's a lot of hope invested into Reese Nelson. Um, and I wonder if he's going to be the, the choice for next year. And so, again, to use a Wengerism, does that kill... Just playing, uh, giving Fraser well, a shot. There was an interview him. with a with a Hoffenheim fan on um, that Luke Luke did for uh, you are my Arsenal today, which I read, and uh, he started five games in the first two months. He hasn't started a yeah. Uh, why? Nagelsmann doesn't rate him. He has discipline problems. Um, he's not pulling his weight. You know, all this stuff is what's coming out of. It. Arsenal fans are ignoring this because he's a he's the great Arsenal hope. And don't get me wrong, everyone wants to see Arsenal youngsters come through, but. You know, this is more about. It isn't, as I say, it's not just about Ryan Nelson. You know, there's. I mean, and Giles on the show has talked about those two fullbacks at Norwich. I mean, these are these are very very good players. If we haven't got the budget of the other top sides, I don't know why people would turn their nose up at someone like Ryan Fraser. Because if you're getting ten assists, God knows how many chances created in a team that, barring maybe the third of the games, have been struggling. It's because everyone's hoping that you know Arsenal are going to magic up. Uh, a big pot of cash and get someone like Pepe. That's probably why. Well, Seventy million for someone who's playing in the in League One against yeah, the Premier no, League. I don't, I don't disagree. What? I'm just saying I, I'm trying to put some reasoning behind yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I was talking to a Bournemouth uh, guy I chat to quite a lot, and uh, he said, "Well, he'll cost you twenty, twenty-five million. Why would he want to go to Arsenal if he's not going to get a regular game?" And I said, "Why would he think he wouldn't get a regular game?" He said, "What do you mean?" I said, "Well, do you think Ryan Fraser thinks he's better than Alex Iwobi? Alex Iwobi's played forty games this season. Yeah." yeah. There's your, there's your, there's your comparison. There's your yeah. Is he better yeah. than Alex Iwobi? I don't know, but I bet he thinks he is. <laughs> and I bet chat. if we, if we offer him, you know, a deal to come to Arsenal to pay half of our games yeah. for a top side, he's a Scottish international. You know, he's, he's a very direct player. Reminds me of when we signed Brian Marwood in '88, '89. Who's Brian Marwood? It's just a direct winger that gives you a completely different option. And he can play wing back as well. So mm. that gives you something Woby can't. So if you are playing three at the back tonight, you need Ryan Fraser. There we go. There, there we, we go. go. But, no, but what's your view generally, Chris? What is your I mean you know, if we if we pick out a talent from uh, not a Cole Jenkinson, but you know, someone from a lower from from the championship or someone who's doing well in a side that isn't doing well in the Premier League. You know. Yeah, I mean for me, you put your trust in the people that um, are signing these players and if you look at the Mavropanos situation bought for next to nothing really good you only for me it's that first couple of times you watch them and the first couple of times we watched him brilliant um, Rob Holding the first couple of times we watched him actually he's really good let's get him in there £2 million from Bolton so I, I think as fans we probably aren't against it because we've got some recent examples I just think when, maybe it's something to do with when you get creative players in the, the sharp end of the pitch you want to get big names you want to get the Abamyangs, the Lacazettes, you know, the Meza Urzels. Mm. Fans crave that because those are the creative players, those are the exciting players. So the idea of oh Nicolas Pepe who's who's tearing it up and he's gonna cost seventy million quid and he'll be an instant success mm. is a little bit more attractive. But that's to social a, media. To a Had fan. you heard of yeah. Nicolas Pepe a year ago? Uh, of course not, because he no. hadn't really yeah. broken through, but and he I guess hadn't really broken through. 
Yeah, and it's interesting, isn't it? Because it is a gamble. We've seen it at Man United with Pogba. You know, you spend that big money on a player with a lot of expectation, and when it doesn't work out, it it kind of just creates awkward discussions of why we don't we buy superstars, money. Chris. We make them. Yeah, <laughs> apparently. It, it's an interesting point, time. though, isn't it? You know, if you want to talk about twenty threes, you know, you guys are what three 0 up against uh, against Chelsea at the minute in the Premier League two tonight. You know, you have got some young players in that squad who are obviously doing well, and you know we've seen it with Chelsea at the minute. If, if they their transfer embargo, they're going to have to dip in to their massive loan youngsters <laughs> around mega, the world. Mega loan, yeah, box. but you know, but surely maybe that might be the way the world is going now. You need to maybe look at that. Well, some people at Arsenal who do watch the youth more than Chris and I, or well, certainly more than me think that Saka and Amici are even better than Nelson. Yeah, mm. so, Saka no. seems like a good player. And Ketier, um, as we've seen on the screen, he's got two tonight, but mm. I'm just not convinced that he's going to make it. He seems like a good player, but I just don't think he's going to I saw a few links this week that he might, uh, Rodgers might be interested in taking him to learn from Vardy next season, which would be okay. a good move for him. Yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely. Okay. I'll be happy with that. It'll be interesting, wouldn't it? Uh, right, going into tonight's game then, we've, we've spoke a little bit about the formation. Um, score prediction tonight. What do we think, what do we think the score's going to be? Oh, 2-1, Arsenal. Come on, let's do it. 3-1. 3-1. Yeah, I'll take that. Do you know what? The perfect 2-1 is you go 2-0 up and you concede a goal in the last second. I'll take those 2-1s <laughs> all day long. <laughs> Having said that, I think, well, I mean, we'll, we'll probably touch on the top four at some point in the show, but, yeah. you know, at the moment, our goal difference is, con- is considerably better than Man United's and after yesterday, three or four, I think, better than Chelsea. So, you know, a two or three goals... The difference between 3-1 and 2-1 could be the difference between 4th and 5th at the end of the season. It's that tight. Well, three points tonight will take you level on points with Chelsea in 4th. A draw tonight will take you level with Manchester United in 5th. Um, looking at your run of fixtures of what you've got left towards the end of the season as well, are you, are you kind of hopeful that top four is incredibly achievable? I think what you said, Dave, is probably quite right. Tonight probably has a big bearing and I think it has a psychological bearing as well. We play Palace at home uh, over Easter Sunday. I think we'll win that. We then go away to Leicester which, you know, if we win tonight, then we win against Palace. We've just beaten Napoli. If we can get through against Napoli, they'll be riding high. Confidence will be high. You'd fancy our chances against Leicester. Then we've got Wolves away, and then we've got... Um, no, we've got Brighton at home. Then we're Wolves away. Brighton home, we should win. Wolves away. So Wolves is in between the last two fixtures? I think so, oh. yeah. I think so. Um, and then Burnley, hopefully... We have the difficulty if we're going to be constantly playing catch-up. Yeah, we're always going to be a game behind because we've got Monday games and we've got this extra game that because Wolves had an extended cup run that's been sort of rearranged. So I, I never know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. I guess if you're playing well, if, if we're one game in hand and on level points, it's going to feel really good for us, isn't it? Always yeah. having the extra game yeah. to play. Buffer. But if we're be, look at the moment, we're coming from sixth. So win this one, but we've still got a game in hand in Chelsea. This game is just huge. If I was to offer you fourth place right now or the Europa League trophy, what would you take out of the two? Europa League. Europa League. All day long. Old school fans, us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bit of silverware that first season under yeah, Ian Emery. Yeah, exactly. Well, we'll be um, in the Champions League that way anyway. So. Yeah. Definitely. Mm. So I think I think both are imminently achievable. Mm. It'd, be, it'd be interesting Looking to see at Chelsea's up. fixtures, mm. they definitely... Man United and Chelsea have got a tougher job than we have. You know, the only thing that's changed is I think three weeks ago or even two weeks ago, it was two places for four teams. I think... Spurs, it's now three places for yeah. one. I think yeah. Spurs, unfortunately, I hate right to say it, because of their fixtures, however much I want them to slip up, barring the Man City game, I can't see them you know, not winning the rest of the game. So I think we're playing for fourth, but I think we're favourites for the, out of the three. Mm-hmm. Um, wouldn't put, me personally, I wouldn't put us as favourites just because of that away form. 
because we have been terrible away from home and it feels like it's becoming a, a millstone around our neck. But if we were even patchy away from home, then I'd probably say, yeah, you know, we should pick up. We've got to win, what, three games? Four, four games, I, I think. I think we need to win both home and two away. Yeah, four games, 12 points. Yeah, don't know. <laughs> Chelsea have got tough. Chelsea have got to go to... They've got to play each other, Chelsea and Man United. So, yeah. you know, that could be a nice little draw for us. That's That'd next be. week, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's some, there's some games cut. We're going to talk a little bit more um, in the second hour of the show, more about Unai Emery. But just just a quick word on his impact this season before we go to the top of the hour. Just uh, pleasing with what you've seen from the first thing, glimmers of hope for more promise to come. I would say, you know, it's not a nine or ten out of ten, but I think it's definitely it's into the it's well above five. I'd say it's probably a six and a half, seven out of ten. I think there's more to come when he gets to. Maybe buy a couple more of his own players. If he, yeah, if he gets. I like I like the way he rotates effectively. I don't like the fact perhaps he's overly cautious in away games, but that hopefully that will change. Yeah, I mean it's, he's still sussing out the club and the the league. I guess first season I'd call it a solid sort of B B plus maybe um, because he's still sus. Yeah, like I say, he's, he's sussing out teams. He's sussing out styles of play, and he, he's still working with. The, the previous squad this summer we've always said this summer's going to be massive getting in his um, his own men so to, so to speak it, 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 he needs you know at the moment anything that he can deliver the Europa League or top four will just be a massive bonus from an Arsenal fan's perspective and it will set us up really well for the summer the easiest, so he needs dire- one of the easiest direct comparison because there is only one direct comparison is what happened after Ferguson left Man United. Mm. He's definitely done better for Arsenal this season than Moyes did for oh, Man United. Yeah, made us more competitive. And that's a difficult thing when you're yeah. following someone with that legacy and that length of service, you know, who's made such a massive contribution to Arsenal and everything about the club, not just the team performances. It's tough. The only difference I'd say there is Ferguson left Moyes with a championship, uh, you know, a Premier League champions uh, t- championship team and uh, Moyes turned them into a seventh in the league team, whereas Wenger left Unai Emery with a team that was sixth and looking ter- terrible away from home. Mm. Um, so it, you know, he left. The squad was in worse condition than the squad that Moyes inherited. True, perhaps. True. Mm. Yeah. You have to say he did leave a couple of all right players behind there, didn't he, with with Mkhitaryan and and, yeah. and Aubameyang. So he kind of left them a little bit of something to do. Uh, players are walking out at Vicarage Road. Have you mentioned? Of course, the atmosphere is going to be pretty electric in there tonight. Obviously the Watford are keen and excited, looking forward to an FA Cup the final. The Hornets are buzzing. They are. Andre Gray, ahead of kickoff oh, says, results went our way at the weekend. So that's a massive incentive for us. Uh, we have to put the FA Cup final to bed for now. We've got a job to do. We want to finish seventh. So uh, it's uh, no, going to be no easy quest for Arsenal tonight. That away uh, kit. Uh, you know? That's horrible, isn't it? Kickoff is on the way at eight o'clock. Still plenty to talk about on the show tonight. Remember, you don't have to listen to the game. Listen to us and watch the game. This is Love Sport. This is Love Sport. Monday night, Love Sport Radio. This is the Gunners Town Radio Show. We are two minutes and 15 seconds into the match. And, uh, gents, <laughs> Bert Leno's had a little bit of a, a moment already. I don't think it was his fault. I think it was just a slightly short, unexpected back pass for Monreal that left him in a bit of a... And also, I think Andre Gray's very, very quick, isn't he? He is. And, and he, he, you know, he put huge pressure on him, but yeah. No, no more of those moments, please. It's the curse of the uh, mint green kit, mate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we heard Mike McDonald say that he saw DeCorey as a potential Arsenal player early. Um, two goals in his last two games. Um, 
you know, A, first of all, could you could you see him as an Arsenal player yourselves? And, and B, kind of how much of a threat do you think he's going to pose tonight? Yeah, um, I could see him. I mean, he wouldn't even need to move house, would he? Because we've got the training ground next yeah. to each other. But um, he looks like a first decent player. First he drives player. into the wrong one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, he looks like a decent player. He looks like a, a, a strong player, a, a physically uh, imposing player as well, which is always beneficial. Um, particularly in, 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 in the Premier League. But, um, yeah, I could see him at Arsenal. Yeah, no, definitely. I think there's been a lot of, uh, a lot of speculation, you know, amongst fans and, and in the media in the past. I haven't seen anything recently. Um, and I know he did extend his contract at Watford last summer, but as we know in modern football, that doesn't yeah. mean a huge amount. It just adds but, an extra I mean, 10 million it, onto I the think value. It, I, think, I think it's going to depend a lot on what, what Emery thinks of Gwendouzi. Because he's obviously liked him, he's played him an awful lot. He's definitely, I think, overplayed him. You know, so you know, another year, a bit more experience. Will he be a regular starter next season? I think some people think he definitely will be. I think, the, but a lot of Arsenal fans equally think the opposite. So, I think he he's definitely, you know, that type of player with more experience. But whether he'll get the chance, what do you reckon, Chris? Yeah, I think. Next season will be an interesting one because we've seen this with a lot of young players in that they break through, they play plenty of games, and then they have this kind of like Iwobi did, yeah, right. Iwobi, uh, I feel like Oxlade Chamberlain. Everyone got excited with him, and then a few injuries, and that sort of stunted him a little bit. Even Rob Holding, Rob Holding came in and then played for a bit, and then he sort of was out of the team for a while, and then came back in when we switched to. Um, three at the back just before the cup final well, because of semi-final. injuries not yeah. because of uh, so yeah. he was but it was only then last season so he went for a, a, a patch of, of you know form that went out the window so I wonder if Gunduzi's got that ahead of him and maybe therefore can he be relied on next season don't know not at his age yeah I mean he can't have expected what well, like none of the fans expected I can't he can't have expected to play the amount of football he has this season no. when he signed um mm. But, Maybe 15, 20 games, yeah. max. But obviously you've said in the players you think are going to come in this summer, you said centre-back, left-back, right-back, wide player. I think you... Did you say a centre midfield player as well? Um, well, the thing is, we've got... A, you need to place Ramsey, but I'm not sure they're going to replace Ramsey with a, just another central midfielder because it's congested. You think about it, we've got Torreira. We've got, you've got Maitland-Niles that could potentially play there. I think El Nani will go. You've got... Um, you know, maybe we are going to give a chance to a young player like a, a Willock and say to him, "Look, you or know, you're down right. the yeah, yeah, you're down the pecking order, but you are going to get chances. We're not going to bring someone in." So I just get a feeling that they might not replace Ramsey for a, a mid a central player. Maybe they'll just use the opportunity of freeing up the space to go for a wide player. I think it depends also on what what his view is on Mkhitaryan because that's someone he 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 needs to juggle. By selling people that you may not want to sell, no. Like apparently, Inter have come in as made Shaka their number one target. Now there's a decision to make there. Yeah. You know, Shaka is is a very, very, very sellable asset. And if you think you can get thirty million for Shaka and spend it on a Ramsey replacement, take it. If he's got Torreira, he may do that. You do know. you know what? I think Arsenal are in a good position with Xhaka though, because the only way they, they he plays regularly, so they don't need to sell him. No, so no. that's the approach that they can say to an Inter Milan: We don't need to sell a player. So why are we going to get rid of him for thirty million quid? They yeah. could probably even push it up to 40, 50 million quid. You know, that's his market value. He plays regularly for us. So if you want him, you pay the big bucks. Yeah, and it will depend on where they get. I mean. <laughs> You know, we don't know what they're going to do with Welbeck. That's still rumours that he may get another contract. We don't know. I think Mustafi's definitely one they want to offload. 
how much of a sellable asset he is. He should be at his age. He should still be a £20, £25 million player, but I don't think we'd get that for him. We're not a great selling club. We don't get the money no. we should get compared to, say, the likes of Chelsea. So, yeah, very interesting times in the summer. Um, how much of a budget do you think Unai Emery is going to get? Oh, that's a difficult one to answer because depending on who you talk to, we've either got 50 million quid to spend on all in plus on any sales that they make or we've got 100, 150 million to spend. But if you so, look at what the rest of the top six are spending and the top five are yeah. spending, they are spending 100 million a pop. You know, So if you want to compete, you've got, you've got to... I know Charlie, Charlie, one of our one of our colleagues on the show, believes that there's a lot more money than the, the media yeah. be, are being told. I tend to think he might be right. I saw James James Benj today was uh, he's often a guest on the show, friend of the show, as they say, professionally. <laughs> um, he, he's saying it's forty fifty million if we don't get Champions League and seventy eighty if we do. That doesn't sound a million miles away, but I think it might be a little bit more depending on sales. I feel like it has to be a bit bit more because that's not going to get you. That many, that's not going to buy you five players, no. squad players. No, you know, you that's going to get you one, maybe two first teamer, and then you're saying to your youth players, Well, you've got to step up because we've got it's, no cash. It's left. also difficult because he doesn't actually play the same formation every week. So if you were saying, Right, he's, we know week in, week out, he's going to play three at the back, then Maitland Niles is definitely a, a very good, a very good understudy for Hector Bellerin. Mm. If he's going to play four at the back, Maitland-Niles is definitely not an understudy for Hector Bellerin. No. You know, Bellerin can play both. Maitland-Niles is not a right back. So you need another right back. But if you're not, and you are going to play three at the back, then Maitland-Niles is fine. So it's hard. You and know. I can see him changing the formation a lot. And so therefore, I can see us playing three at the back, us playing four at the back. And so therefore, yeah. he, so needs, he does need another he right needs back more then. versatile players that can do both. Mm. I mean, you look at Kolasinic at the moment, he's not a fantastic wing back doesn't do it as a left no, and Monreal so. is what 32 33 next yeah. season so yeah, exactly interesting um, rumours flying around um, Umtiti from Barcelona 68 million Juve apparently reporting the lead for that one um, obviously loads of names get thrown around this time of year don't they but obviously knee problems he's got a few few issues with that is that someone that would be king Giles loves radar? him Giles loves him he's but. a good player but I think it's that it's that injury proneness I mean we get we've had enough injury prone players over the years do we really want another one and if you haven't got a massive budget, £68 million, a lot of that budget wow. where you could maybe, if you were prepared to take the risk and actually go, oh, we got a goal. Oh, my word. We b- Unbelievable. Bambi. Literally, I the wasn't ke- even watching. Leno couldn't, couldn't do anything. Their keeper was just dawdling. He just ran in and took it off and put him in the net. So you the thought, keeper just hit it against that. him. I was too too engaged in conversation. <laughs> yeah, we've missed exactly. it. Sparkling Foster, conversation. Ben not even Foster didn't attention see him. He was, off the, he was on the left. Ben right. Foster didn't see him. Watch this. Ramsey. So drifted back. Awobi's missed the ball completely, not challenged for it. Aubameyang's used his pace and watched it. He's like, okay. Ben okay. Foster's taking ben a Foster's touch. Ben Foster's not looking. Bang. Oh, oh that's a horror show. Oh, I have to see what Richard Lee's got to say about that, that one, won't we? That is a Lacassette goal. He's You'd taken a touch. Yeah. to score that goal, not Aubameyang. I, how has he not seen him? Like, he's taking a touch. The but he's, looked, running he's moving away. He's looking over there. Oh, that is such that good. Is and that's not even an own goal as well because yeah. he's actually kicked it against Aubameyang. Great reaction from Aubameyang yeah. to close that down. Closing it down. Like you said, that's what we expect from Lacazette. But um, like I said, if we get an early goal, we what, win the game. What's interesting about this? <laughs> what's interesting about this is that the first ten minutes, I think that's the first time I saw us in Watford's Yeah, to be box. fair, Watford have been on they the front foot, really haven't they? Well. But that's great. Yeah, as we've said, they're really, really confident. They're on the back of an FA Cup semi-final win and a great performance, great comeback. We had to weather the storm. We have, and now we've taken a goal. So, fantastic. That's what happens when you put Ben Foster back in goal. Looks like a lot of people <laughs> would have him in the England team, mate. To be fair, I, love, I like Ben Foster. Troy Deedy just leaving a little slap in on uh, Lucas Torreira there, was that? And then the referee saying, 
Let me have a word. So do Ooh. we think... Leave it, Shaka. Leave happen? it. Do you think that goal as well came from the kit? The mint green kit? <laughs> no, one it's a red card. Wow, hang on. So that's a red card for Troy Deeney. Oh, where's his cojones? Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Right, we're going to take a quick break here on Love Sport. This is the Arsenal fan show, the Gunnerstown radio show. Uh, We'll find out exactly what's just going on there because we've been too busy talking and we'll be back after this. Giving your team a voice, Love Sport Radio. Monday night, the Gunnerstown radio show. We're 12 minutes into the game. We've had a goal. We've had a red card. It's all kicking off. Um, Red card for Troy Deeney. I feel from a little bit there, from an Arsenal perspective, you know, you've got to go and you're playing against 10 men now. But he's come through on Torreira. He's, Torreira's passed away. He's run past him. He's left a little bit on him, do we think? Yeah. Mm, I'm not sure. Because the way, you probably have to watch it a few more times, but it looks to me like Deeney's almost running. And when you're running, you're moving your arms. And I think he caught Torreira. He's yeah. caught Torreira in the face. Torreira's not diving. It's hit him in the face. And I think Deeney was even saying that. You know, it's sort of hit you in the face. But I, I didn't. I didn't punch you. Next season, it again. next season, would VAR uh, rule no, that actually, out? That angle, I think he did. So VAR next season is that still a red card, or are you can overrule it? Oh, that's a tough one. That is. We really... asked the tough questions that's here that, on Love Sport. That, that, that angle just then they showed just then. I thought he did it deliberately. So you've seen I every did, angle, and you're I saying I didn't before. I'm now not so sympathetic. Well, with, I was never sympathetic. Even with that angle, I'm not convinced. And so if, you know, two people, and we're both Arsenal fans and biased. You've got, uh, but. I'm not convinced with that. So if you've got a referee in that position, I think VAR with certain decisions, with goals and stuff like that, brilliant. With things like that, that's gonna that could be argued all night. Yeah, opinions. Right, we're going to calm down a little bit now. You two are so <laughs> engrossed in this game. Uh, let's look forward to Wednesday because, of course, Thursday. at the minute... Uh, Thursday, sorry. Cause at the minute, Wednesday's looks, next year. <laughs> it, at the minute, uh, it looks like the away curse could maybe be over. Uh, let's bring in Rich Hall, chief football writer for Football Italia. Uh Chris, great, uh, Rich, great to have you with us. How are you? How's things? I'm good, guys. How about yourself? Good yeah. night for you so far? That's, yeah, it's, it's working out. Still right. working you overtime. I heard you on Stoney's show this morning, Rich. <laughs> yeah, so popping in for this one as well. Always a pleasure. <laughs> um, right, these two are well and truly engrossed in the game, uh, Rich. Uh, it looks like it could just be me and you talking about no. this. Um, but let's, <laughs> oh, uh, dare you, sir. We can, we can multitask on the Arsenal fan show. <laughs> let's look forward to Thursday then. Um, you know, two goals down for Napoli. You know, they're always going to be danger. Ancelotti, of course, will want a reaction, won't he? Well, how do you kind of see this one planning out on Thursday? It's going to be interesting because he has called for a reaction. I mean, that the win at the Emirates sent an absolute seismic shock uh, through through the Neapolitans. I mean, the headline of the Gazette the next day was, this is a dark day for Napoli, which was um, a, a lot of credit to Arsenal because whilst uh, Ancelotti had... Um, gone about that game and, and tactically tried to give Arsenal respect and wanted to play in the counter, hence he went with Mertens and Insigne. You know, the way Arsenal pressed, Ancelotti's been talking quite a lot about this game in, um, during the week and saying that Arsenal were phenomenal in the first half. Um, it's interesting now because the way he's looking at the, the next game at the San Paolo, um, this is going to be a, a huge atmosphere. He thinks that Arsenal probably will see more of a performance like their second half uh, but obviously it's a massive task ahead, but he's uh, he's certainly going to shake things up a bit. Rich, hi, it's Chris here. I've got a few questions, but I'll start off with um, just a simple one. Do you think that they were expecting a lot of an easier game then on last Thursday in terms of the pressing of Arsenal? and I, I don't know. You said that perhaps they were so surprised and Neapolitans were surprised. Do you think they expected an easier game than they got? 
I think it's in, yeah, in, in some respects, because uh, whilst he did give a lot of respect to Arsenal because he didn't go in with his normal uh, front three, he did want to play, take the ball, get the possession. I mean, Napoli did have a lot of possession, but then he expected to be able to try and break, and he thought over the, over the course of the end he'd be able to break them down. I think most of the, a lot of the Neapolitan uh, media and the Italian media is uh, very impressed with Arsenal's midfield um, and, and how they outperformed the likes of Alan in there. So, yeah, in some respects, you know, they, they were surprised at the intensity levels of Arsenal in the first half. Yeah, it was Ramsey, though, wasn't it? I mean, having Torreira back fresh mm. after the suspension and Ramsey, that, that sort of um, intensity, the, the, the break-up, the, the, it was just, it took, us, it took us by surprise in the stadium. We haven't seen Arsenal starting and pressing as well as that, as consistently as that, for, for a 45-minute period all season. <laughs> So if it, it took, was, if it took you know, our own fans by surprise, it must have taken them by surprise. <laughs> it's interesting as well because, you know, the, the reason the reaction was so uh, full on in, in, in Italy was because Napoli, apart from the, probably the Empoli game the week before, haven't played that badly. So it was almost like a perfect storm for Arsenal in some respects. But, you know, all credit, all credit to, to, to the Gunners because, you know, this is a really talented Napoli squad. It may not have come across in that way, but this is a team as well that normally dominates games in Italy, with the exception probably of Juventus and sometimes against some of the bigger teams. So it'll be interesting to see how he sets up because he's already hinting. Uh, they, they beat Chievo this weekend, which is nothing to even uh, judge Napoli by because Chievo won once all season and were relegated on the, on the weekend. So they're, they're an awful side. Um, but they won 3-1. Milik was brought back into the squad. Um, and Koulibaly scored twice. They did look, um, they had a team meeting beforehand, Callie Holm was saying, where they, ha- they asked themselves a lot of questions. So it really has sent Shotwave through that team. So they are preparing for this game. It's looking like he's going to go with the front three. We'll probably see Milik play centrally uh, with potentially Mertens and Insigne or Callahan, um out wide. And I think realistically, this will be one where Napoli will want to try and raise those intensity levels straight from the off and almost do to, to Arsenal what, um, you know, what Arsenal did to them at the Emirates. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that's been uh, well documented about Arsenal this season, as everyone knows, is our dreadful away form compared to our home form. Um, is it is it similar? Is it different with Napoli? What are they like? It sounds a bit of a simple question to ask. What's it going to be like away from uh, at home uh, for Napoli as opposed to away? Is there going to be much of a difference of a side? But you've already hinted at the formation side. Is there anything mm. else that we should maybe be wary of? Yeah, it's interesting because... It's like um, football in Naples is like football in Rome. It's such a hotbed that uh, often when you have these atmospheres that uh, you, you know you guys will see on, on Thursday, it's so intense and the build-up to the games are so focused, especially in Naples because it's a one-team city that the pressure can almost get too much. Now again, in, in Serie A, you know they used to play in these teams, and so the, when teams like Juventus visit or Inter or, uh, or Milan, you know they're very used to playing, and the atmospheres are. Uh, electric but we saw last season a few times in some of the bigger games when the games start to really matter and this tournament really matters to Napoli um, that it can sometimes be a bit too much so the answer to your question is that normally home games for Napoli are a huge huge strength uh, just for the for the for the ferocity of the fans and the way that that seems to resonate with the team but you know I think if the game starts it's the game starts well for Napoli the atmosphere will really get behind them but again you know, if Arsenal uh, get an away goal, that atmosphere could just as quickly turn. Yeah, I mean, how often how often do Napoli score three or four goals? Because I think they're going to have to. 
I mean, I do. I just I know our away form isn't you know majestic, but it's not often we're we're kept out. We, there aren't many times when yeah. we don't actually score. I mean, Arsenal have a lot of players who can score goals. We all know that, and I think we will score out there. So they're going to have to score three, potentially four, to go through. I just is that likely? Have they done that? They, the, yes, they they have in the, in the domestic league. I mean, you're looking at the you know Italian football has transformed dramatically over the sort of last ten years. But, you know, there still is a very tactical element to it where a lot of teams, if they are one or two goals up, won't carry on and try and get the third or fourth. They will, you know, almost, uh, it's just in their nature to conserve the energy. It's a different mentality. Napoli broke that mould under Maurizio Sarri. They would go for the jugular and really, really um, try and go all out. And there has been examples now where they've scored multiple four, five, even six in, at times. So they, they are one of the teams that will go and do that. And they have got that front three is so impressive when it's on form. Um, you know, can they do that against Arsenal? It's, it's a huge ask. It really is a huge ask because of all, they've got to be mindful all the time, of course, that you know they, they can concede, and if they do, then that's going to like just like you say, it's going to be it's going to be even more of a monumental task. So it'll be interesting, but I, I think that the the start of this game, what Ancelotti is going to want to do is try and really get at Arsenal, and if they can get that early goal, it may just change the dynamic of it. Um, how important is that early goal going to be for either side? Because I'm guessing if Arsenal get that early goal, it makes it a mountain to climb. But actually, it can make things a bit nervy, couldn't it, if Napoli get an early goal? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's interesting. I think you will see... Um, I mean, Ancelotti described it quite a bit of a bizarre way, uh, this, this, uh, sorry, yesterday, when he said that, that Milik would probably start and they'll play a lot more vertical passes. Um, so I, I think what he's trying to say there is that... Um, where they tried to contain the game last time, you know, this is something where that that feature of trying to get it to Milik is going to be going to be all encompassing for them. And you're right, I think that whoever, I think the first 15 minutes in that game will be be really fascinating because if Napoli uh, can do that, you know, they didn't defend particularly well uh, of late, really, which is strange because they are a good defensive unit. I mean, Alex Merrick, I thought was very good. Um, actually against Arsenal in goal and Koulibaly is probably one of the best defenders mm. in Europe at the moment so you know they can they can do that it's interesting but I think that um, you know if, if Napoli do get that early goal I would be slightly worried but I mean Arsenal again you know you, I mean you watch them, watch them tonight and they seem to have started with purpose again so it's uh, it's, it's going to be close yeah, just on that on that Koulibaly thing I mean I've been reading for years and he's He's this, he's that. Everybody wants him. He's 70, he's 80. Van Dijk, 75, he's 80 mm. million. Oh, that's the first time I've seen him in the flesh. I was very, very unimpressed. Was that a particularly poor game by his standards? Because I thought he was bang average against Arsenal last week. Yeah, it's... Kulabai... It's, it, I mean, Arsenal it, fans want us to buy him. I and mean, that's, that's what I'm asking. I mean, I just didn't see anything that really impressed me. I don't think he's played particularly... Well, if you take away the Kievo game, in the last couple of games... Napoli as a whole haven't defended well. There's just been something not quite right. Ancelotti really bemoaned it. And so I can't say that any of the players against Empoli or the, um, the week before when they had a poor... Sorry, the Genoa game or Empoli. They, they've been poor all over. Um, it was interesting against Chievo because Koulibaly was... Um, they focused a lot on set pieces against Chievo. And Chievo, for all, um, for all their faults, are quite a tall side, um, are quite, quite robust in that area. Um, but Koulibaly offensively was um, was excellent and back, sort of looked back to his best centre-back. For me, he has been one of the best defenders in Europe and I can understand exactly what you're saying from seeing him live, you probably expect so much and then uh, like it, it was a poor performance. But what he is capable of, I mean, he's just the strength he's got and 
he's so dynamic as well. And um, the way that a lot of those Napoli defenders can move the ball out from the back is where you really see uh, the quality. I mean, Alex Merritt, the goalkeeper, said that as soon as he came off the pitch, he said, against us, he said, that was an ugly game. And he said, we just didn't move the ball out from the back. And that's where normally they, they're so good. So these, these defenders, not only can they defend, but they're very, very good in the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rich, thank you very much. Really appreciate your time on the show today. Always no good problem. to get your perspective on things. Cheers, guys. Thanks, Rich. Okay, Rich, all their chief football writer for Football Italia. Uh, the game is going on still 24 minutes in. Still plenty to talk about in this one. It's not all one-way traffic Edgy. with them down to 10 men. Mavropanos is looking like the player that hasn't played for 10 months. Yeah, I mean, sorry, go on. No, that's because we're going to take a quick break, but if you, do you want to make a quick point? No, no, go on. Uh, cool, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about this first half so far. Love sports. Love Sport Radio, Monday night. Great to have your company. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, of course, you're listening to us while watching the game like we are here in the studio. So great <laughs> to have you so many with us tonight on the uh, Gunnerstown Radio Show. Um, 26 minutes in and it feels edgy. It feels nervous. Watford are down to 10 men. You're a goal up, but it doesn't feel comfortable right now. It doesn't feel like Watford have got 10 men on the pitch. They are outrun. It feels like they're outrunning us a bit. It feels like we are... We're very ropey. You know, Watford have hit the post. You've had um, Mavropanos has made a mistake. Mm. Uh, Mustafi made a mistake from a corner. We're looking very edgy, which really, when you've got a team that's down to 10 men and a goal up, you know, Watford have got to come out at us. We know that. But we should be able to be able to pass around the... uh, you know, the, you know, I think get into the triangle, we're, pass the ball around. As it. long as we weather the storm, we'll be all right. What it looks like there, for example, is the centre back who's not used to playing right back was a totally out of position oh. there in Mustafi for that lock diagonal ball. Yeah. What it actually looks like is what it is. It looks like a back four that have never played together. That's what it looks like, mm. and that's what it yeah. is. That's what it is. True. Mustafi's not played right back more than half a game for us this season. Mavropanos hasn't played a game for us this season. And Monreal is back playing left back when he hasn't played there much in the last few months. It just, you know. And the other thing that's happened, I've just watched once or twice. So there was a foul on Torreira, which was clearly a foul on Torreira. And Ducure went absolutely nuts at him. And this is what they're going to, this is what Watford will do now because they feel like they've been aggrieved. Yeah. So every single challenge that goes in or conversely, if an Arsenal player makes a challenge, they're going to surround the referee. Mm, no, for yeah. sure. Interesting. You know that uh, famous, of course, Cajones interview. Yeah. Uh, Troy Deeney says, whenever I play against Arsenal, I go up and think, let me whack the first one and see who wants it. So he's whacked the first one and got sent off tonight. Well, <laughs> do you know what? And that probably gives a bit of an insight into, you know, we were debating whether or not that's, that felt to me like the sort of thing that a striker does. Just leave a little bit something on just them, but not enough to yeah. justify a card. Just enough to yeah. rattle them a little bit. And that's what he thought he was doing with yeah. Torreira there, with a little bit of an elbow. And the referee said, nah, not I think, that. unfortunately for Troy Deeney, he's done it against a player who comes up to his elbow. If it was any other player, he would have just caught his arm well, as exactly. he's run through. But the problem is Torreira, what, five foot four, he's kind of taken him out with his elbow. Um well, we'll see how this pans out for Arsenal. It, it does feel edgy, and it's something. Yeah. Whenever I've watched Arsenal this season, I've not felt confident. Even when no. they're one or two goals up, it just feels like there's a mistake in them somewhere. Well, imagine yeah, being a fan. <laughs> well, there's been a few performances, obviously, that have stood out, but this isn't one of them. And also, I th- there's some of the experienced players who aren't necessarily week, week in, week out starters need to step up. And Mkhitaryan, I'm looking at you, mate, because yeah. you know it, this is a game now against ten men with his talent. He should be all over them. I yeah. mean, and he's not. He's Maybe he's been told to hug the touchline, but he's not involved in the game. No, mm. you've not seen hardly anything of him in these opening exchanges. And actually, um, 
this is an Arsenal team that should be technically good enough to be able to completely control and control this game. In fact, make this first half as boring as can possibly be. Just get Ch- Tot- get Tot- get uh, Watford chasing the shadows. Get them tired. Second half, then you. I think we're starting to see it now. Though the last two or three minutes has been a lot better. You know, we we are keeping the ball. We're just being a bit more measured. We're not trying to rush anything. That's a lovely pass. Yeah. I'm just looking on the uh, Twitter, uh, James Benage from Football.London. Um, Arsenal have been leaving three up for Watford corners. Risky strategy when they struggle so much on set pieces. Potentially, but it only takes one near post, which is just flicked away by a by a, by a midfielder or defender, and all of a sudden you're overloading, and that's when you hit on the counter. So I think that, for me, it makes sense. Yeah, I like James Benage, and he is, as I say, he's a friend of the show. He comes on a lot, but we uh, we actually he's talking about old Arsenal. We haven't conceded. We, I think we've conceded less set, less goals from set pieces than any other team in the league this season. I think he's, the old Arsenal used to do it, but that's not that's not been the case this season, to be fair. Has it? I mean, I'm fairly no, sure I we haven't. So. No. I must say, the it used rest to be like every corner is like ah, I'm not looking. But it's not he like also that. does follow up with it can be deadly as well yeah. on the other on the other side of things. So yeah. you know, he's, friend of the show, you know, he's <laughs> he's kind of give us the balance point there with his tweet. You know, I, I picked out the controversial bit to get you guys talking. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, Talk about Hughes, and he's playing down the middle for, for Watford. He's asking a lot of questions at the minute. Yeah, I mean, we've just had an incident that was quite poor. Torreira gives away a very poor ball in the Watford half and then chases it down and gives a foul on right on the edge of the D. I mean, naive and set pieces is the sort of thing where if you're, in a, if you're a home team and you're down to uh, yeah, 10 yeah. men against supposedly such a, a superior opposition, you know, one of the big six, you're not expecting to get many chances. So things like this are a perfect opportunity to get that. Mm. Watford score goes 1-1. Just sit, you know, you're down to ten men. Sit on the edge of it. I was going to ask, what's that going to do if if Watford get the next goal? How how nervy is that going to make the rest of the game? Because they're not going to sit back at one one. They're going to keep going. You know, do you think so? Yeah, no. I think if 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 Watford got another goal now, at the end of the day, they obviously want to win. They want to finish seventh. Oh, good save by (laughs) Leonard. They obviously want to finish seventh. So effectively for them, they got if they lose against Arsenal, it's not the end of the world. People are going to go, oh, you should have won that. You know, Arsenal still yeah. got that prestige of that top six team, and for a team like Watford, if you beat Arsenal, that that's a big thing. So I think they've got nothing to lose if they can get the next goal. I think they'll still go for it. They could make it quite a nervy rest of the game. Yeah, but I mean, with that extra man, well, yeah, supposedly there's an extra man. I think they they, they might want to just double check that you know <laughs> they've actually not just snuck an extra player in there because yeah. it looks like it at the moment. But without that extra man, it will put pressure on them from a intensity point of view, but also. Um, It'll put, sorry, yeah. silence you said this. Uh, to be fair, <laughs> I'm not going to lie, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Chris did say to me that he may get distracted during the show. <laughs> it, and it was just as, I, I thought to myself, we were talking about pressure and intensity and just as that happened, Will Hughes is pressing Koscielny and I, he could probably give it away and completely deflate but, me but instantly. But also, but. going back to the point that James made that you just highlighted, it just happened in their corner. We yeah. had left Mkhitaryan, Awobi and Aubameyang. Yeah. We cleared it and Awobi was... A split second away from turning his man, and yeah. he would have been, you know, yeah. homing and, in a goal. That's so, what, that's interesting ha- tactic. That's going to happen if it's one nil. If it's one one, we're always going to have that extra man advantage. And if you're leaving those men forward, we're going to create chances. We're going to get space this evening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If we're if we're still leading this game at half time, it's going to be harsh on someone. But I think you might see Mesut Ozil in the second half quite early. Yeah, yeah. If we, we we need to exploit this space. Yeah. It's going to be created exactly. by playing with the man advantage. Definitely. Well, about 17 minutes to hold on till half time. So we'll holding on, see. get a two 0 lead. <laughs> see how that one uh, pans out. First, you mentioned uh, Kashalny. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about him. He's back to his best, but can he carry on? This is Love Sport. Monday night here on Love Sport Radio, Watford nil, Arsenal won. 34 minutes into the first half, Arsenal have got. Um, 
early lead. 10 minutes, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang getting the goal. And then, of course, on 11 minutes, a red card for Troy Deeney. Um, gents, I want to talk now about Laurent Koscielny. Um, back to his best, it seems, but how long can he carry on for? First of all, his performance in this first half so far. Yeah, he's been very solid, but he's having to be with the with the uncertainty around him. Um, he must be getting a bit frustrated. Certainly, him and Monreal will be getting frustrated. It's harsh to get frustrated with Mavropanos, but you know they're professionals, and you know he's made a few mistakes. He's looked well. He's looked exactly what he is a player who hasn't had a lot of football. But Ma- uh, Mavropanos and Mustafi as well have both looked a little bit ropey. I think Monreal's been okay as well. Yeah, yeah. He's almost been as good as as Koscielny, I would have said in these opening exchanges. But it's. It's worrying from an Arsenal fan's perspective that we're reliant on a player who's so, you know, he's coming towards the autumn of his uh, of his career and he is clearly somebody that we can't rely on for more than one, two games a week. And that's yeah. the nervy thing from my perspective. And that's where well, I think more the club than one will game do week, something. Yeah. Do you think he'll play the 90 minutes today? I'd be surprised. I don't think, well, because you're going to want if we get a second, If we get a second, if there's a couple of goal well, who's cushions... On the, who's then, on the bench can come off? Uh, Unless he plays Monreal centre back and plays Klasinac at left back, he hasn't got a centre back on the bench, has he? Okay, no, no, because um, obviously Socrates is injured. Sorry, Sagrades is injured. <laughs> um, is injured and um, yeah. Holding's injured, so no, he hasn't. Got Unless an he brings Maitland Niles on and plays Mustafi, he's yeah, got the choice of Ozil, Maitland Niles, Gendouzi or Klasinac. No. That's all he's got. Well, it's it's definitely I say all he's got. I mean, certainly thing. if he can then I think he would want to take Koscielny off um, because he, he does need him against Napoli. I mean, it's just interesting because when he first came back, obviously from that dreadful injury, and that was on the on the back of being played, playing through pain already, mm. missed out the World Cup, must have been very disappointing for a player of his, you know, late in his career, chance to win the World Cup. It, you know, it would have been amazing for him. And I think uh, he... Uh, he just didn't look like he was ever going to get the spring in his step, the assurance that he used to have. But it took about three or four games, and then now he's absolutely almost better than he was yep. at the end of last season, which I have to hand on heart. I wanted it to happen. I didn't think it would. And what you might have, we've had a Lorient fan uh, who's come on the show a few times, and there are there is rumour that he'd like to finish his career back at Lorient. But, I mean, I saw a company coming out today saying, don't worry, City fans, I'm going to be here next year. I mean, he's yeah. only started nine Premier League games. He's been there so long, he wants to be there. He wants to be an ambassador. He wants to finish his top-flight career. You know, who's to say that Koscielny couldn't do that, like Mertesacker did for the yeah. last season and a half, not really playing, playing when he was required, being mm. an ambassador? Who knows? Mm. You'd, you'd have to speak to the player, wouldn't you? But I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a problem with that. I wouldn't have a problem with that. Uh, the mm. company called himself First Team Advisor. Yeah. <laughs> not a bad role. Um, he's 33, Koscielny. Yeah, so it is. Um, but then, you know, the likes of Adams and Bold and Keown were all 35, 36. I know the game's changed yeah. a bit, but... Hmm. I could see Koscielny playing a role as somebody who, you know, you keep in that sort of reserve. Like um, Arteta. Yeah, or, um, or, for his or, final or, season. But we need to address that central defence because I don't think... I'm not sure... Socrates is going to be 31. Um, Mustafi, the jury, is constantly out with him and he's made a couple of errors already Well, tonight, the club have already it, let it be known that they're willing to cash in. Oh, really? What, the, yeah, on Mustafi, that's been... Okay. If that's been in, the, in, in all the media, then it's become from the club. The one that we don't know about, of course, is Callum Chambers, mm. who's been playing very, very well, but not at centre-back no. <laughs> for Fulham. And he's probably been their best player, according to the fans. Certainly all the guys around here who follow Fulham say Chambers has been fantastic since the yeah. third of the year. Well, Chambers is one of those players that you do wonder if El Nenny's going and we're not going to replace a central midfielder, then you can just slot him in. Um, but then he can also act as an auxiliary centre-half yeah. in case we need him. But the other thing is, as uh, we were saying earlier about the Southampton fans, he's, he's just signed a four- or five-year extension and is a sellable asset. 
So if they do need to cash in and he's not going to get reg, that is someone they can say, right, 25 million to another Premier League club. So it's, it's a, yeah, that's a tricky one. It'd be interesting to see, you know, when, when Emery comes out at the end, because I'm sure he will talk about Chambers at the end of the season, sometime between now and the end of the season. Mm. But that'll be an interesting one. Yeah, to you watch. maybe think he, w- he would want to see him in pre season again and see kind of but what he But he did can this do. season yeah. and he spoke very highly of him and he looked good in pre season. I think, I think the word was that he, he favoured Chambers over holding. So I think it was a surprise when Chambers went yeah. on loan and holding stayed. But sometimes, so, though, from, from a player's development point of view, actually going out and getting a season's worth of, of games, whereas will he play a full season at Arsenal? Maybe not, whereas he's gone to Fulham. Yeah, but he's had Middlesbrough two years ago as well. He's had two season long loans. He's not getting any younger. He he's wants ready. to play. He's the sort of player that's going to probably go back to Arsenal and say well look are you going to play me or yeah. are you going to move me yeah. on because I'm, I'm kind of I've had enough I mean he, you know he, he's the sort of player who will be thinking like holding you know that yeah. there are there's an England future if I get regular football he's probably thinking that he's a confident young man hmm. um, I don't know I mean he's he, he could probably walk into most of the teams in the middle of a division I would have thought you know, he's definitely yeah. he's definitely better than Fulham. He's a he's a Premier League footballer. Yeah, definitely. If, whether he's a big six footballer remains to be seen. Mm. I guess he needs that chance, doesn't he? He needs that chance to prove himself. So it'd be interesting to see over the summer well, if he kind of gets someone like Zuma, who's playing week in week out for Everton. I would say Chambers is better than Zuma. Yeah, yeah, I would. And too. Everton are obviously want to be that next team that is going to challenge the money they're going to spend in the summer. I'm sure they will. Mm. Money they always seem to spend. Yeah. Everton. <laughs> yeah, spend more money than us. It's meant to. <laughs> they certainly do. Um, we're still 1-0, just over, what, five minutes, still half-time, plus a bit of stoppage time in there as well. Um, just the one goal in it so far. How important is it that Arsenal find a second one? I think yeah. it's vital because we look we look ropey, but you can tell that Watford are setting up to be very, very physical. They've certainly put the foot in a little bit. And, you know, the Deeney situation, uh, what you'd said earlier about his, uh, his quote about always wanting to leave somebody, yeah. leave something in on them. It feels like Watford have set up to be quite physical and... You know, it, it's. I think it's rattling Arsenal a little bit. Yeah, I think mean, we need to we need to do what we're doing now. We just need to keep the ball twenty, thirty you know, phases of possession, and then we need to find that final pass. And we should be able to do that when we've got the extra man. But we just don't seem to be able to at the moment, which is very frustrating. Wobi's having one of those frustrating games, and Mkhitaryan's non-existent. So I can't see those two players staying on the pitch. No. Most Ozil will play second half. <laughs> Okay, game one of three this week. Uh, We're talking about this one. We've already spoken about Napoli on Thursday. And then come Sunday, it's going to be a game versus Crystal Palace. We'll take a quick break and we'll talk about it after this. For the fans, by the fans, Love Sport Radio. It's Monday evening. Arsenal are in action tonight. They're away at Watford. 42 minutes in and Arsenal lead by one goal to nil. Uh, kicking things off early doors. Aubameyang closing the ball down after the ball's gone back to Ben Foster. Ben Foster's taken his eye off it and it's gone in the back of the net. Bit of a keeper error, which I'm sure Richard Lee will dissect in the morning. You never know. Can we put the camera on him and get him to like demonstrate how he should have dealt with it? He'll love that. Get the lights on. Tell uh, Richard to get his makeup on for the morning. Are he'll, you he'll listening in that. the car on the way home, Richard? He will be. He will be. He'll tweet me in a minute saying be quiet uh right uh, as i mentioned then three games this week for arsenal let's turn our attention to sunday because crystal palace will be the opposition i'm pleased to say we got matt curley from the back of the nest podcast with us um matt how's things not too bad mate how are you good thank you thanks so much for joining us on the show tonight um crystal palace mixed couple of weeks um obviously disappointed with the result yesterday but um you know looking to bounce back against uh, arsenal next weekend yeah, hopefully. I mean, it's back-to-back games against you know Manchester City and Arsenal isn't what I would call an ideal sort of double double header. <laughs> um, 
especially Emirates, it's not somewhere where we've had a lot of joy over the last few seasons. Um, but, you know, we're, we're all better safe. So, you know, I'm, I'm happier going there knowing that we're just to sort of turn, you know, turn, turn up and give a decent account of ourselves rather than, you know, we're not, we're not scrapping for our lives. Matt, could uh, I just... Yeah. Matt, sorry, what I don't understand, and it's a general frustration of mine with Roy Hodgson, you know, you are safe as far as I'm concerned. Um, just why won't he just take the take the handbrake off and let the players you've got play football? He's so defensive. He's so cautious. And I can understand that all season. I don't understand it now. I think you can let that. No, I'm not saying you should do it at the Emirates. I'm not just talking about that game. But generally, do you get frustrated as a Palace fan that he never seems to allow you to play with any freedom? Yeah, it is. A, it's certainly a frustration that I've found myself, you know, grumbling about a lot, and I'm and I'm sure I'm a, a good proportion of Palace fans would say the same. Um, certainly at home, uh, I don't expect us, you know, Man City the weekend. I don't expect us to go out, you know, all guns blazing because even when we did try and press in the last ten minutes, you know, it took only for a couple of minutes and to find the yeah, three on two, and they, you know, they increased the lead to a two-goal cushion again. But it's we've had a, we've had a terrible, terrible home record this season. Whether it's against the, you know the top six, the bottom six, you know, I think we've had four four home home wins, um, none of them particularly convincing. Um, we we still tend to try and play sort of on the counter attack at home, which again when it's against you know Sydney, Arsenal, Chelsea, that's fine, I completely understand it. But when you know when it's against the lesser teams or certainly teams that we're on a on a level with, you know, it is, it is deeply annoying, and you find you know some of the more attacking players on the bench and. You know, you know, it's all sort of all pin on Zaha and Townsend trying to pull a bit of magic on the break. So, um, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a valid point you made, and yeah, you, you, I think you do well to find the Palace fan that didn't agree with it. Certainly, in the <laughs> so, so hi, Max Chris. Here. So, what is the style of play for Palace this season? Then, pressing is it? What is it? Is it basically just getting the ball to Zaha? How I would sum it up is depressing. Depressing. The thing is, you know, we'll, you know, we'll. Everyone's an expert, aren't they? And, you know, you, you sort of have to. The thing with Roy is always trust the process. And yet, yeah, you know, and with, with five games to go, sorry, four games to go, you know, it looks like we're, you know, we're we're, we're well safe. So it's hard to put the boot in when, you know, we're sitting pretty very clear of the relegation zone. So you've got to be a bit careful what you wish for, I guess. But um, the style of play is very, it's very much keep it tight. Um, keep it tight, and then on the break, rely on the pace of, and trickery of Zaha and, and Townsend to an extent, you know, to, to try and create a bit of magic on the break. But you look at the amount of penalties we've had this season. Uh, unbelievable, you know, that guy. Unbelievable. Oh, unbelievable, yeah. He's, 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 he's absolutely yeah, he's, 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 But you haven't, well. yeah, I mean, I think indicative of, of what we're talking about is the fact that. Yeah, you bought a player or didn't buy a player. You got a player on a free transfer that Arsenal were heavily linked with. And I know a lot of people who watch German football rated Max Meyer very highly. Yeah. You haven't really played him consistently or, or given him any sort of platform uh, or a run of games to show what he can do. Is that fair as well? No, it's definitely fair. I mean, again, the, the, the best performances he's had tend to be when he's, he's come off the bench. Um, he's come off the bench when we may be chasing a game. And, you know, you can tell he's got that bit of magic and... I think him and Zaha, if we can keep hold of both of them, which you know, is unlikely, I don't know which one's more more prone to go first for various reasons. But you know, again at home, you know, we see him on the bench, and, and no disrespect to anybody else, but the midfield that we play in, in Luka Jovic, who's you know definitely a starter for me, if only for the penalties alone. And um, you know, it tends to be James McTarter and Jeffrey Schlapp, who 
probably have a higher work rate and do more defensively than, than Max Meyer. But again, when you're at home and when it's against a team that we should be looking to get three points against, mm. you, know, you want to see you want to see your, be- your better, more attacking players on the pitch. And, and if you have to tweak the system a little bit to accommodate them, then you know, I don't think we should be afraid of that. But Roy's very much got his system and you know, and he's very loyal to the people that he knows that can work that system, um, rightly or wrongly. Mm. Well, we'll see how the game pans out, Matt. Thanks so much for coming on the show tonight. Uh, Matt Curry there from the Back of the Nest podcast. Um, it would be interesting because their former way has been quite good this season. He kind of, Matt was kind of a little yeah, bit despondent. Wins. They beat Leicester, yeah. didn't they? And, beat yeah. Man City away. A bit despondent about their away form. Um, one player, I guess, that could be on Arsenal's radar yeah, that you gonna... get a good look at is, is Juan Basaka. Yeah, I mean, there's been some links with it. I was surprised by those links because... Well, Bellerin is Bellerin. I mean, he's one the, of the best in Europe. But. The thing is, um, Crystal Palace will want a big old fee, wouldn't they? And Arsenal are not going to pay a big fee unless... If Bellerin was on his way out and we were about to sell him, then you'd probably say maybe it's the type of move they'd go for. But Palace would probably want... 30, I, I, I listened to quid, Matt and so. the rest of the guys. I was in the car one night listening to mm. the back of the nest on, on the show yeah. on here. And I think they were asked by the host, it might have been Aaron Paul at the time, said to the... If you could, if you could keep one player and sell one player, Wambasaka and Saha, who would you sell? And they all said they'd sell Saha over yeah. Basaka. Wambasaka is a great player. Uh, we're half time. We're half time. It's one nil. You got the leads. One nil to the Arsenal. Yeah. First half reflections. Please disappointed. Mixed feelings. How how's it how's it right now? Well, first and foremost, win is the single most important part about this evening tonight, which we're currently and doing. We're doing. Yeah. Um, they're a man down, so you, we should be able to take advantage of that, certainly in the second half as they tire. That performance-wise felt very much like Arsenal away from home this season. The only difference is, is we've got two advantages. One is the goal advantage and scoring first, and secondly is the man advantage. Apart from that, it felt very, very similar to to Everton even, yeah. you know, not uh, really creating lots of chances. Yeah, I think I think I think it's indicative of players who, who are playing out of position and perhaps not playing, uh, haven't played recently. So Shaka's not played for three weeks. Uh, he looks a bit rusty. Mkhitaryan's been in and out. He looks rusty. Mustafi's playing out of position. He looks. I think I think we'll see some changes early in the second half. If not, I mean, Emery's not been frightened of actually making half-time substitutions, has he, Chris? Right. So we might even... I'm seeing Ozil, ha- Ozil has to come on soon. I'd be surprised if he doesn't make some, because you can't, as a manager there, you can't be thinking, we're 1-0 up, we yeah. are down to 10 men, we yeah. we've got a man advantage, and yet they're outplaying. Well, Iwobi's not playing... Iwobi's having one of the frustrating games, but he's trying things, he's on the ball. Mkhitaryan is not... Whether it's because we're not playing down the right, but Mkhitaryan, if we're not playing down the right, you know, and we're playing against 10 men, come on, Heinrich, come in, get involved in the game. Don't just hug the touchline. I guess a thing that's maybe slightly frustrating about this game going into Thursday is that Watford will give great intensity for 90 minutes. It's not like even if they go 2-0 down, they will still keep going. They'll still keep pressing. They're not going to let you off second half, even if you go two goals ahead. Mm. That's why that sec- well that second goal and then second third goal let's go for it yeah goal difference go for it for the first important. fifteen minutes yeah. see if you can really just p- put them put the foot down on them and then you know take off players if you can get to that but you're right I don't think that their their intensity their intensity might drop last fifteen minutes mm. because you know you've got a lot of ground to cover with an extra man or mm. that you're up against he could he could switch to a back three couldn't he here. You know, he could he could get Maitland Niles on the right or or Kalasnik on the left because 
they would give more attacking intent than we are giving right now. They seem to be coming down the middle quite a lot, Watford as well. They're not they're not making too much of the width. They're not they're not doing that. And that's what we said earlier before kickoff. I did wonder if that'd be the case. I don't think a lot has changed probably from that perspective. It's just that they don't have the two men from the front Mm. pressing because those two men would have put us under a lot of pressure. I think pressing us higher up the pitch. Andre Gray is very good at that. And but on the right, Mustafi. If Mkhitary is not playing well, Mustafi is not a right back. There's no threat going forward against 10 men on the right so we have to change it up I guess tonight at the minute as it stands of course that's three points that puts you on 66 I'll move you up into fifth because the goal difference behind Chelsea um, if you lost to 10 man Watford how frustrating and disappointed would that be it's not going to happen if so. it would be massive no but it would let's I just thought we'd ma- move up to fourth if we win tonight uh, goal difference with Chelsea they've we're, got we're better than them we're on 25 already they're on 23 so. I lie yes so you yeah, would yeah. move into fourth yeah yeah. with a game yeah. still with a game in hand so yeah, yeah. I mean it would, be, it would be a massive you, you'd see this as you've got, to, you've got as an Arsenal fan now, you've got to see this as three points dropped I mean even if we weren't down to 10 men at 1-0 up you're thinking to yourself statistically Arsenal getting the first goal you know yeah. we should, we should we're better in the second half yeah. This should be a game that we should close up. So if we then lose it from now, it's going to be a, a double sort of blow. Only, really. only Man City have scored more second half goals than Arsenal this season. I love that. That's love a good a stat. stat. I, love a stat. Yeah, I, I made it up, stat. but no. it's a good stat. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Don't true. ever give that away. If no, you no. say it convincingly, no, it people true. will believe you. No, it is true. It is true. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'd be confident. But also, the way the fixtures have fallen, if we can win this, mm. which I think we should go on and win. Yeah. I cannot see anything other than three points against Palace. Mm. That that gives us six out of the twelve. I think we need. Yeah, and, and that puts us in a really strong momentum position. Leicester, Wolves, or Burnley. I'd fa- a win tonight and a win against Palace, and I would. Fa- I'd, I'd definitely say yeah. I think that's the top what I mean. four is, be is within position. our grasp because you'd hope Arsenal could win one yeah. of those other two. Particularly one, since we got wh- whilst we're beating Palace, one of Man United and Chelsea is going to drop points or both. Exactly. Mm. Mm. Um, just looking back at that first goal for you guys tonight a great first goal Um, Aubameyang just on the button ball's gone back to keeper he's not given up on it Um, I just bizarre how how Ben Foster hasn't seen him coming yeah it was you know great great intent from from him and he's had such a good season Ben Foster yeah I feel like I've seen that from Foster over the years once or twice though where he's done that um, maybe once or twice at um, West Brom. Mm. I feel like I've seen that from him. So, And we're well, just we're looking again now at the angle for this red card for Troy Deeney. The yeah, elbow you, clearly comes up. If, if you are that fourth official, I can see why you've yeah. given it. Yeah, yeah. you're definitely looking at that from thinking. That because that angle, it looks like he's got it's his unnatural. elbow up. It's unnatural. From the other angle, it looks like it's almost part of his running stride, but maybe yeah. he's just left a little bit. It, I guess but. it all depends on his eye line. Has he taken a glance? Obviously, as a player peripherals, you know where the other man is. But For yeah. the listeners at home, you wouldn't have seen Chris's running impression earlier. <laughs> but but he's running with his elbows to the side, and now I'm now doing it. He definitely lifts his elbow as yeah, he's running. That is not That's a natural true. running style. That's true. And the thing is as well, you've got to remember, <laughs> these referees talk, so they would have known that Troy Deeney's that sort of player that does that, so he likes to leave a little bit on. So when the ball releases, it wouldn't surprise me at all if that line is thinking, I'm looking straight at Troy Deeney, see what he's, mm. oh, he's elbowed him. Right, that's it. If... Troy Deeney hadn't been sent off would this game be a lot tougher than it currently is? Gotcha. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Now oh, Ozil is now out warming up on the pitch. Means he's definitely coming on. Yeah. yeah. Who, who do you think he come on for? Oh Mkhitaryan. I would hope Mkhitaryan yeah. It, it could be it won't be but I'd be so. surprised if it's not Mkhitaryan. And Mkhitaryan can't have any complaints. I mean it's unfortunate that he's playing ahead of Mustafi I think that probably doesn't help. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's no overlap there's no there's no you know link up play there but uh, 
yeah, no, I think uh, I think it'd be Ozil for Mkhitaryan. Ozil for Mkhitaryan. Um, just the one change at half time. Do you think it might be something else? Early in the second half, I think. Well, the temptation would be to um, to rest one of the play- whichever one, whichever two he's going to play in central midfield on Thursday. One of Shaka Torreira will probably get rested. I would guess in the second half. Yeah. Okay, finally. Second half action on the way. I'd like a final score prediction and who is going to score the goals in the second half? <laughs> well, I'm going to change away from my 3-1 now because I don't think they're going to score. I think 3-0. I think, I think, they, I think they might, you know. Right. It wouldn't surprise me. Well, I'm going 3-0. 3-0, like uh, Aubameyang to score again and um, Shaka from outside I the box. S- I still think it's going to be 2-1, but I'm hoping that I might actually get what I wanted, which was if we're going to win 2-1, let's be 2-0 up until the last second and Hon- then concede. Honestly, goal difference. I think it's going to be important. Yeah. Can't concede. They're not going to get an uh, early concede. goal yeah. in 10 no, minutes. Don't, don't, don't talk to me. And what about Napoli? Like what about Napoli yes, on Thursday? Christoph? Uh, I think we will. Sc- I do think we're going to score, actually, but I think we're going to end up. It's going to be nervy Arsenal, so I think we're going to lose 3-1. You reckon? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, away goals. Away I wasn't goals. expecting that. You caught me by I, surprise then. I was like, what? I, th- I, I think 2-1 and we'll be okay. Mm. That would be a game. I'm, I'm, always, I'm always too optimistic. Best of luck for the second half. You can Thanks, go mate. and enjoy this one now without yeah. me distracting you and talking oh, and doing a, a radio show. Um, Best of luck for the game, of course, uh, on Thursday as well in Palace uh, as well. So thanks so much for joining us tonight. It's been a pleasure to have Thank you my on friend. the show. Cheers, it's the Gunners Town radio show. Uh, the second half of action is on the way, but we turn our attention to Brentford. That is all coming up after this. Giving your team a voice. Love Sport Radio.